If you like, I'm going through Avengers withdrawal. How much can you withdraw a day from Avengers? Well, I I don't know. I just what are the limits? I I, I feel like um, now that Endgame is over, I just like don't know what to do with my life, and uh, I'm I'm feeling aimless. Well, I know what song led us into this segment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so much more Avengers in the world. There's so much to do. I know. These heroes are just a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, Captain you know. Captain Kangaroo. Okay. I, you know, if you Is he Canadian? Who? Captain Kangaroo. I don't know the story of Captain Kangaroo. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is he a real captain? Stolen <laughs> Valor. Wow. A. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't. My thing is like it's never been about the comics. It should be. I guess it doesn't matter if you had. Um, I don't have a good example right now, but if you had a very small thing, here you go. Let's say that you invented some kind of pastry, right? Mm-hmm. It was a pastry that was like kids are talking about this pastry, and it allowed you to make a bakery, and then the bakery went out and made donuts, cronuts, bronuts, woo, uh, whatever, and suddenly everybody just knew that Bronut Bakery was the place to go, but you mm-hmm. still had that original thing, which I should have come up with something, uh, I don't know, a profiterole or something like that. Right. Nobody's really buying the profiteroles anymore, but you're making crazy bank on all the other baked right. goods, then what's the problem? Yeah. And they can sell millions and billions and literally trillions of um, you know, Avengers uh, birthday cake holders mm, which is a thing sure um whatever toys t-shirts bumper stickers mm-hmm. calvin peeing on cap cap peeing on calvin <laughs> and it doesn't even matter that there's comics but if the comics were the seeds you think you should right. push people back to the comics right one would think and i think partially in, in a lot of ways letting go of trying to make the movies match the comics or make it a commercial for the comic Getting away from that has got us to this point. Mm-hmm. But also, now that we're at this point, and we're going to talk about it a little later, billions with a B and an S have gone down this hole. Yes. I mean, you might as well try to steer people back to the comics. Right. you got to get some comic readers out of this. Well, one would think. Of all the millions of people that have seen it, the billions they've spent, yeah, you could convert some people. This isn't somebody so. who's going, I loved Passenger 57. I loved uh, U.S. Marshals. Uh, I'm going to check out this blade. Right. Huh, that was pretty good. Right. I, I do always bet on black, in fact. <laughs> um, it's not just comic people. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, get people to read the comics. I Go agree on. with you. I agree with you. But they're not doing that. No, they're not. Um, and I don't understand why they're not. Because they don't, they're run separately. You know, the comics yeah. are run pretty much independently from the films, which are run by Disney, but by, you know, Kevin, Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Kevin Fieri. <laughs> depending on how you want to go with that um but if you're looking for something to uh eat up your time uh you ever play a role-playing game uh yeah sure you play one right now uh i don't know am i <laughs> I, I, am, are roll, we starting one roll right now initiative. yeah exactly uh, no <laughs> what, what are you doing, are you doing oh, a thing? no i i'm i'm not currently playing anything why right not now. Um, I don't know. Is it because adults didn't work out? Can't just give up their entire whatevers to do whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the internet can solve that, can't it? It can solve that for everyone. And there are a lot of online 
platforms now to allow you to play role-playing games sure. with other neckbearded individuals oh, um, before it seems exciting. like I'm casting aspersions. I'm doing it on myself. I'm a neckbearded spirit. I can't grow a beard on my neck, but I would if I could. And I am uh, currently involved in a game on a site called Rollgate. Okay. That sounds like they're going to keep you out for some reason. <laughs> it's not Rollgate keeping. Okay. It's, I don't know why it's a gate. All right. Because there's, a, you know, the gate to adventure. You open the gate. I guess. As long, it, as, it, as, long as the neckbeard lets you through. Yeah, I and guess. And then you can have an adventure. Mm-hmm. You're thinking not a lot of ladies on Rollgate, huh? That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to continue with my commercial that's not a commercial. Okay. Rollgate.com. It allows you to basically, it's a chat interface with dice and chat tools built in. Okay. So you can put your character sheet up there, kind of. It's a work in progress. They don't have a real solid way to do that yet, but you are represented by yourself. You can chat to everybody. You can say things as your player um, with different emotional like states attached. You can whisper to the DM or to other players if you mm-hmm. want to. And then it's got a built-in dice roller as well that allows you to do dice rolls and stuff. Okay. That's so, cool. Yeah. There's a couple different platforms like this. I guess I'll just go ahead and say some other ones. MRPG. Uh, Roll20 is a popular one. Uh, I'm liking Rollgate so far. Although, I guess I didn't know this coming in, but I think it's focused more on storytelling than anything else. Sure. Because it lacks a built-in, and a lot of these are free, but pay to get the extras and the good stuff sure of course um there's a lot of that on roll 20 uh roll gate is nominally free pretty much full function with free but there's no like uh maps or anything like that now oh. i don't you don't need a map to play D, although no. it definitely helps depending yeah. on how you want to play if you want to play a storytelling game you don't really need one that's true and now i think i know why my dm doesn't need a grid okay <laughs> i started this game yeah. It's a Pathfinder game. Yeah. I created a new character. I've never tried this class before. It's a summoner. I've never even heard of that class before. Summoner is an arcane spellcaster. Mm-hmm. And all arcane spellcasters and some divine spellcasters can summon creatures to help fight uh, with them. Sure. Uh, their spells, right? The summoner has an innate ability that allows him to, or her, to summon creatures. Okay. And then the sort of piece de la resistance is you trade some spell levels and development for... Uh, an Eidolon. It's basically like you are a arcane druid, basically. Like okay. you have your own personal summon that is your thing. Okay. So like it's your animal companion, basically. Only sure. it's a summon companion. And then as you go up in levels, you get um, like evolution points, which allow you to give it new attacks, new sure. abilities and things like that. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> okay. And I steered hard into into Pokemon because my character is like very anime. He's got like, you know, like this shock of like white hair. You got to have white hair. Right. It goes straight up and he wears like this scarf, you know, and he's very dramatic. And so uh-huh. I don't know if anybody's picking up on it, but I'm playing him like he's a he's an anime character. Like uh, he's Yu-Gi-Oh! Okay. or something like sure. that. Yu-Gi-Oh! is a guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and then his summon is like his the god he worships is uh, her sort of patron animal or like her symbol is the wasp. So his uh, th- Eidolon, his uh, summon is like a giant wasp woman. Okay. So he's like this little sort of anime guy and then his wasp woman is like this seven foot tall like you know kind of like uh like you know bulky sort of uh built out wasp woman sure yeah so all right interesting yeah here's the end of the story yeah so we we ruck up as the australians say to play this game 
and we start playing, and it's like, you are all on the field, and then says, sometimes blah 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 blah, and like we're paragraphs and paragraphs in here. It didn't sound like I expected to just cleave a goblin skull like first day, but right. we're gonna we get to the fighting, right? Right, right. That's it's what asymmetrical you're here for. play. Yeah. I mean, unless you schedule a time that we all sit down and chat together, you can just say, I do this, and then you can come back tomorrow. Right. Which, as we hit the, maybe by necessity of storytelling, as we hit the combats, it's going to mean the combat takes a week, right? Yeah, I guess. But I just expected, you know, a little more than this. Sure. I'm part of a visual novel right now, and uh, I'm super, super into it. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. So would you or would you not recommend it? <laughs> I'm not sure I'd recommend the game that I'm currently playing. Okay. But if you are a role player and you want to try something new, or if you're a role player who, like us, can't seem to get a game scheduled with other adult human beings, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's options out there for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Try Rollgate. Rollgate. Yeah. Okay. All right. My, uh, you might, you will know, hmm. and the listeners are probably trying to kill themselves right now if they're still listening, but I'll wrap up quick, um, that uh, my first Pathfinder character was a um, a barbarian, yes. a giant uh, woman barbarian. Giantess. Yeah. Yes. Think of like um, Tormund from Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, without the beard. Right. If she shaved that day. <laughs> uh, named Melisande. Nothing to do with the show. No. Had never read the books or seen the show when I named the character, but mm-hmm. it turned out that now that's what everybody thinks that it's from. Right. And I played that a long time, took her very high level. Um, later on, I ran a Starfinder group, which is the space version of Pathfinder. Yes. I was the GM, and the PCs were all on this ship that was their like, knockabout, ragtag kind of ship, mm-hmm. and the ship was run by an AI named uh, M.E.L., Oh, which was, to, for anybody who didn't know, I guess you wouldn't know, but which was like, you know, just a floating head, basically. And yes. the head was like the head of that first character of mine. I did not realize that. Well, I guess do, anything else you want to know about the game since it fell apart because of scheduling? I can just tell you all the secrets if you want. <laughs> I had a lot of secrets going on in it. That'll be a side bonus, bonus episode. Yes. Uh, and so in this uh, new game that I'm playing, uh, I got the one character, his name is Clavis, and his Eidolon is named Mellifera which is the genus of honeybees, basically. It's a oh. technical name for honeybees. I did not know that. But it's Mel for short. Oh, very and nice. she is a large, so you've got that brutish woman. kind of thing going. Yeah, didn't ever plan it that way, but it just seemed like, oh, okay, I've got a thing. Well, that's it's nice. good to have a thing. Yeah. What's your thing? What's my thing? I don't know. Do what you want to do. Um. Yeah, I don't know, like stick Japanese things in wherever I can. Um. That sounds terrible, but... Hi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I uh, one of my characters was, uh, uh, gosh, I can't even remember exactly, but she was like, um, like, uh, what is it called? Like a like a, the personification of like. Uh, the fox spirit that has like the seven tails or whatever. I can't remember what it's called. In a kitsune? Yeah, a kitsune. Her name was Kitsune. Um, and she was kind of ninja y. Like, she was a ninja? Yeah, she was a ninja. She was a straight up ninja. Yeah. That was, uh, was that 3.5? It might have been 3.5. I, I think remember. so. Yeah. Um, 
And that was a lot of fun to play because, um, you know, a lot of my other characters are more like sneaky, like, uh, you know, I played uh, a sneaky archer for a really long time in the first campaign I ever did. And, and I, a lot of my other characters, too, were just kind of more like um, in the background or I'm going to stay far away from you and attack you. Whereas Kitsune was more like, I'm going to rush right in and try to get this guy because that was just her attitude. So I've got five attacks. Right. <laughs> My BAB is huge. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's fun to play. It's fun to play like the smart character or it's fun to shoot fireballs mm-hmm. or be really um, calculating. But it's fun to play that melee character sometimes too. It just and runs right in. There's more yep. than a few times I can remember where we're like, Help, Kitsune, help. We're right. all going to die. Right. You've got to save us all now. Right. <sighs> Something <laughs> Japanese. And then just runs in and kills everybody. Yeah. 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 It was a lot of fun. Well, uh, it is a lot of fun. Uh, our thing is the Just Enough Trope podcast, which is what we're doing right now. Yes. Uh, I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mika Hana. And we're here to, what, what would you call this? Um. This is like the um, Avengers Endgame follow-up show yes we already yes. did a post end game yeah that's true so this is the um the continuing it's like after the football game uh terry bradshaw and everybody right. else is like wow well, this is great yeah okay see you, see you, we'll see tell you, you why this is great and then it switches over to local coverage yeah. and then whoever your local guy is goes on for two hours about right. how they caught the ball real well right um that's i guess what we're doing i guess <laughs> after all that denigrating talk we're gonna do that yeah so uh here we are doing that uh we're talking a little bit about avengers today mm-hmm. uh we're gonna cover some of the like ancillary properties of avengers um yes the most successful it is now official version of avengers has been the films but of course it's been around for a long time mm-hmm. and it's been spun off into a lot of different things a lot of different genres yes we'll be talking about that today also i thought we'd do a little thing where we've been trying Trying to figure out how to talk about Game of Thrones on this show mm. um, because we usually tape it like before it comes on. Right. And without holding the show really late, there's no way to talk about um, the new episode. Sunday's episode. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess we can kill two birds with one stone, okay. two ravens with one warg or something. Right, right. And just talk about last week's episode. Sure. So that way we don't have to worry about spoilers. That's it's true. Eight days past. Yeah. Um, you don't want the current episode spoiled, but we'll talk about the last episode. Okay. And so we'll be talking about the Battle of Winterfell, probably the last take in the world to be made. I'm not saying we're, we're timely right. with this plan, right. but uh, we are uh, checking all the boxes for right. what we want to do. Yes. And we'll talk about some news, of course, as well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. How about you, Cal? <sighs> Fine. Yeah? Uh, that check was... my game here. Yeah. When I was a boy, my father was okay. So game still going well. Still same thing. Same thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's a? Th- I would just want to see if the dice even work. Like, what's a check I can do just for the hell of it? Um, can you like a health check or something like that? Health check. Mm, yep, I seem pretty good. No. If you fail that health check, you just keel over. I guess. Um, I think we're starting at a festival, so I could just, I don't know, oh. persuade somebody to give me a turkey leg for one copper instead of yeah, one silver. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that works. This is Bargaining. arcane, but it's charisma-based uh, spellcasting. So, yeah, sure. So I could probably do that. Okay. I always end up with these charisma characters. It's yeah, you're skill. you're good at that, though. Powerful skill. Yeah. I mean, I guess while we're doing war stories, and we won't go on forever, we'll get into the news just a little bit, um, one of my most successful characters was a half-elven uh, swashbuckler, like yes. rogue. Let me finish. I know that there's nothing 
particularly unique about that. But I tracked, I took a lot of poison damage <laughs> dumping that con. Yeah. But I tracked the my dexterity at, along with my charisma. I made sure that charisma wasn't just a secondary stat. It bumped up as much as the dex did. Mm-hmm. So half the time I'm disappearing, you know, in a puff of smoke. Right. And then a blade comes out between your um, pectoral muscles and you're right. dead. And then we... We avoided more than like half of the encounter just by me going, so where are you from? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> just, Let me chat you up. Just, yeah. And just being like, if we talk our way out of this, yeah. do we have to, to fight? fight? And it's yeah. like, hmm. it's like, so we had a kind of a, a understanding game master and it's like, right. everybody hit the pub. Right. Give me an hour. Yeah. And take care of this. Yeah. Exactly. Take care of this pretty quick. Yeah. We were... The, the the final part of our campaign, we went through like I think we went to level twenty. It was really I think so. from one, uh, or maybe we started at five. It was an accelerated kind of campaign, but yes. we it was epic in scope and much like Game of Thrones, like the last few chapters were not us killing you know goblins or something. It was right. us basically marshalling armies, you know, to take care of stuff so we wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. And we were in a position where we were. I had to convince um, the the skeleton kingdom. Basically, <laughs> they were good guys, or they were just you know intelligent whites. Basically, right. they were like a necromancer kingdom to help us out. And like, if we didn't get them to help us out, there's a whole front of the battle that we had to worry about. This is yeah. like getting the Dothraki to sign on. Like, if we right. don't, yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, yes. we kind of fed them to the whites, but if we hadn't done that, then you would have fed everybody else to the whites. Right. So right. the whites survived. Because the whites ate, the whites survived. Because the whites, W-I, <laughs> ate the brown people. We'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. But so we had to do this, and there was an undead king, and he had two beautiful undead daughters. One was hotter than the other one, and it was like I had to take, you know, her hand in marriage uh-huh. to create this uh, alliance, right? You know, and then then we, he would commit his armies and stuff like that. And it's like this is you have to do a high roll, right? It's going to be like in the high thirties to do this, right? Uh, and bam, natural 20. Which is always exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, all right, well, um, uh, I guess I'm the king of this country now. Uh, you guys have fun <laughs> fighting the battles. Uh, if you ever come near the house, we'll set the undead dogs on you. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. Keep that charisma high. Yeah. Yeah. The high C. Yes, definitely. Fruit, fruit cooler. Uh, let's talk about the news. <laughs> Well, we have to start with our usual sad duty of reporting who's died recently. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, this is this is a big one. This isn't, uh, you know, so-and-so uh, did, was a key grip on um, Casablanca. Right. And so it's really, no, guys, it's really important. Everybody's important, I guess. Sorry, key grip guy from Casablanca. I didn't mean to <laughs> shit on you. This is a big deal, though. Uh, Peter Mayhew, of course, the guy behind or inside of Chewbacca, Yes. Uh, has died at mm-hmm. 74. Yeah. And it's too bad. It's just he is somebody who had suffered, you know, from health problems for a long time. Yeah. Um, Just part of like tall guys get get problems. You think it's so? It's tough to be tall. Yeah. Like the world's tallest man died of like a heart condition. Oh, OK. <laughs> OK. Why don't you take it? I, I I don't know what to say. I mean, it's um it's really sad. I, I think he, you know, died too young, but like you said, he had a lot of health problems, so it's not exactly a big surprise that he has passed. 
but it's still sad nonetheless. And I've seen a lot of uh, either photographs or artist renditions of him joining uh, Princess Leia and R2-D2 who have already passed. So And Harrison Ford. But he hasn't passed in real life. Dead though. inside. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah? Yeah. Are you sure? Yep. <laughs> Nothing else? Um, that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Uh, he was scheduled to be at a convention this weekend. I don't know which one. And they changed his booth into a place where people could donate to his charities. Yeah. And like, you know, kind of write notes to him, like in his memory, that sort of thing. Let's not, I don't know how Billy D's doing, but like, let's yeah. not, let's not, let's not add to this emeritus group for a while. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like Kenny Baker was like 80 something when he died. I mean, he was, you know, a small actor. So yes. it doesn't, you know, his age does not really match up with the other young, fresh faces in uh, A New Hope. But mm-hmm. everybody else, any problems pending, even though Harrison Ford's really old too. Yeah, I know. Anyway, let's just, let's pause on this. Okay. We had yeah. a lot of hits in Star Wars recently. Let's just keep everybody around for a while. Mm-hmm. Let's wait to reun- reunite the group. Right. Uh, that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Lando awkwardly clapping. Oh, stop it. With yub yub uh, plays. But no. uh, a guy who, just by all accounts, was really warm and really nice. Uh, never heard a bad story about him. Um, I got a friend uh, who, well, I'm not going to name drop him. I don't know if he wants to be name dropped. But we, I think we've talked about him on the show before. But he's a, he's the type of guy who has a story for everybody. He's met everybody. He's got some crazy story about everybody. Sure. And he posted a story about uh, him meeting Peter Mayhew. And <laughs> I can't remember what the circumstances were, but Peter Mayhew basically like picking him up by the ankles and like holding him upside down like he was shaking his lunch money. Oh my gosh. Pocket. And so he's got a picture of like the actor who plays Chewbacca like just, just like. Wow. Yeah. Holding him upside down. That's so, quite the story. But anyway, yeah. Just a nice guy. Cool guy. So it's too bad. Yeah. It's um, too bad. Many. <laughs> will be made in your honor. Yes. Sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you get the idea. Uh looking at other Disney news, of course, Avengers Endgame, it's just silly. It's just silly stupid. This thing is just making so much money. I know. It has passed uh, of Avatar as yes. the uh, second uh, highest grossing film yes. of all time. It's blown through $2 billion uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. And as far as like, I don't know if we want to do like the in-depth, complicated uh, movie uh, money news, box office stuff. But right. uh, do you know anybody else who's uh, who went back to see it again? Uh, I know one friend of yours who almost definitely has seen it twice. no. Um, chairs were squeaky. But... Uh, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if I found out somebody's seen it again, but I, I, I haven't seen anybody that's seen it again in my feed that I know of or anything like that. But great answer. So I'm sorry. So who's watching it? Um, I don't know. Uh, there were a couple of kids when we went to see it who were out of school watching it. <laughs> yeah. For the first time. <laughs> yeah, that was so. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, a little side eye. About uh, that, it's like, oh, I mean, wow, lucky you. Would you do that? Like, would you take your kid out of school? To, I like... would not take my kids out of school. Okay. No. Like, you would go see it because whenever you... Because my parents you... wouldn't have taken me out of school. Right. 
Like you would go see it whenever and then like go, maybe go see it again with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, so th- th- okay. So from exciting news about Avengers Endgame to boring like parenting tips okay. from you and I, um, would you be, would you go see a movie before you put, took your kids to it? I've heard that that's a thing that people do. Um, yeah, I guess I wouldn't be opposed to that because like otherwise what do you have, you have to go off of is like other parents saying whether or not it's okay yeah common sense.com or something like that right. i'm sure there's something you can right there i'm sure there are guides out there and everything but, but that's the thing you could just you've taken care of a little kid right? right you don't have time to see a movie without them well that's true too although um, i would totally use that sorry honey have fun with the kids but i, I have to i have to protect our kids right I've gotta go watch this movie right <laughs> okay annabelle three here we go come home yeah, bad news. I don't think it's going to be a good movie for the well, kids. Right. Maybe next time. Right. How are the kids? Yeah. <laughs> they set something on fire? Okay, great. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's number two. So it's number two place means that it has made 20, 20, uh, 2 billion, uh, basically $2.2 billion. That's so crazy. Uh, and it's right behind Avatar at 2.7. So Avatar, okay. you burnt. You're right. done. Yeah. Weekend three is going to wrap that up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's made six hundred nineteen million dollars domestically and about sixteen, about one point six billion dollars internationally. What do you think movie companies are going to take away from this? Are they going to try to build up to a, like have a series of films that builds up to this culmination? Uh, or we talked about this on previous shows. Yeah, I know we have. And I want to say before we uh, talk about that that there that was a fifty nine percent drop off. Oh, from the first okay. weekend, which is not unheard of. That's no. pretty. It's pretty average. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're dropping off from a billion and a half dollars, right? <laughs> like, if they dropped off again from what is it, six hundred minutes, another three, dip, 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 they're gonna beat avatars eventually because this is yeah. gonna run for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? Um, I I was just wondering, excuse me, what you thought the other like. I don't think that there is any I think they've already learned the lesson and that is low and slow you know like um, like you're cooking some ribs or something like that like Mm -hmm. you can't you've had the double example of Marvel patiently taking its time and building something and making mistakes along the way but keeping the momentum going so that it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. to Warner Brothers just going I have a crush on every movie boy and then just totally tanking their thing and so now they've kind of righted the ship uh-huh. So right. to speak. Yeah. Because uh, Aquaman. And, oh, gotcha. uh, yeah. And um, so they've got that. Who else has properties? The Valiant yeah, comics? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is Paramount going to try to uh, redo Transformers or, or Star Trek? They've already Jesus, blown Star Trek. That. So I don't, yeah. I just think it's one of those things where, sure, there's a lesson to learn. Sure, there's going to be a lot of like envy, but what do you do? Yeah, I know. You know, Pitbull is Mr. Worldwide. I wish I was Mr. Worldwide, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to appear on a million tracks and be in a green screen prison. And, you know, there's no, I don't know how to replicate his success. Right. Right. I've compared Pitbull to the Avengers. Yeah, you did. That's, uh, I don't know how to feel about that. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know, like you said, besides like Marvel and DC, what, what else can you like? I mean, does Image have like comics that they could like 
Like have film properties for the yes and like, no yeah image titles are creator owned that's true so as a label you have no real stake in that is promoting true. their stuff you know yeah. you don't have like it's not collective bargaining it's like unilateral bargaining like you okay image suits you know who make movies get out there and start right. talking people into making movies right instead it's just like Jeff Lemire is over here with his thing. And I don't know, Brian Wood or whatever's over here with his thing, and everybody's got their own thing. And so there is no That's force. True. The mouse isn't there to go, oh, Shang-Chi. Right? Shang-Chi. Take it. Yeah, I know, Take right? <laughs> Are you excited about no, the Shang-Chi no. film? Don't hit me again yeah. with your giant yellow shoe. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound like it. Well, we were talking, I think, earlier today off mic about how mediocre filmmakers going to make a mediocre movie, and there's no way around that. Well, that's And true. so somebody like the Russo brothers, who are very talented, uh, somebody like Marcus and McFeely, who just know this stuff so well and know how to make it funny, and but yet engaging, and mm-hmm. um, they're going to make a great movie if you take the people that made you know, uh, Mississippi Grind, <laughs> or right. if you take the guy that made Short Term 12... They're just, they're going to, or Half Nelson or whatever, that was the Bowden and Fleck, they're going to give you like, okay, that's fine. Right. And I wish that like the Russo brothers, who are doing a lot of work in India, who are doing a lot of international work, would go, all right, give us that Chang-Chi. Right. Give us the Chang-Chi. Right. Then we could get like an Asian, you know, starring uh, star, uh, main character Mm -hmm. in an awesome movie instead of like... Well, this indie guy thinks that he can make a $200 million movie, and so let's right. all see how that goes. Right. Which was the Captain Marvel problem. Yes. Yes. Um, what, what do you think is next for uh, Marvel and film? The- let's save that for our Avengers segment. Okay. You'll forget. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best to remember. <laughs> In continuing Disney news... Uh, well, actually, you know what? Forget that. Speaking first about these uh, very talented creators who make great stuff, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, mm-hmm. remember them? Yes. They have signed a huge deal with Sony Pictures TV. Okay. Uh, part of which will see them developing a Spider-Man Universe TV series. Well, that could be fun. Um, I could see that being really fun. Yes. So, okay. Will it be animated? I'm guessing. Okay. All right. Yes. Sounds good. They, of course, were behind the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yes. movie, and so this sounds like a continuation of that. Hopefully Should it'll... Catherine Hahn warm up her pipes? Yes. I say yes. For Doc... Do- uh, Dr. Octopus. Yeah. I really enjoyed her rendition of Dr. Octopus. Yes. yes. That was a highlight of that film, if you yeah. ask me. I agree. So this is huge. Uh, hopefully they'll do the right thing yeah yeah get fired yeah yeah (laughs) uh no i'm sure it'll it'll be fine i mean sony is not letting go um and i think that we talked about wrong lessons i think Mm. there are right there are lessons that are right for one crowd and wrong for the other and so the lesson that they'll learn from avengers endgame making two billion dollars is don't ever let go of spider-man ever (laughs) right ever right and for the viewers, I don't think that's the right thing. Because we're just going to keep getting well, okay. Spider-Man right. stuff. Um, 
for them, I don't know, maybe it is the right thing. I mean, they sure would like $2 billion as well, even right. though a couple of years ago they were this close. They were mm-hmm. a spider web strand away from just selling off the entire business. Right. right. Yeah, which I, I think, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I think that Marvel should just take it over. Well, but we'll see how like it works said, with Fox. I don't think that they'll... Let it go. And the Fox characters. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of selling off entire things, Disney has sold off the regional sports networks they got in the Fox deal oh. to Sinclair Communications Okay. for $10 billion. Wow. So Disney does not want to be in the sports game. This is not. No, that's fine. <sighs> be interesting, though. Yeah, I would want... <laughs> he lit <Right>. him up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but this is not a surprise. People were expecting this, but they landed on Sinclair. Okay. I don't know much about Sinclair. They're so... just a media conglomerate. Okay. Right. Uh, no word on whether the FCC will look at this as a monopoly deal, because Sinclair already kind of owns a lot of stuff, so we'll see okay. if this deal actually goes through. But mm-hmm. isn't that... The... <laughs> Didn't we already talk about this? Like, getting President Trump... Was like the worst of all possible outcomes. Yes, but it gave, gave us some great comic book movies. Right, and it's going to give us more. Right, because deregulation led to Disney buying Fox. Right now, Bart Simpson is a Disney character. And Does we're that get mean some awesome X Men and Fantastic Four movies? Does that mean that Bart to Simpson... watch on our burnt out TV? You know, in our bombed out house in a, a right. dy- dystopic wasteland. Does that mean that Bart Simpson is a Disney prince now? I don't think anybody keeps track of the princes. Okay. Just do the they? princesses? Yeah, don't they? Okay. I don't know. I don't see a lot of people. I mean, do you work at the Disney I store? Was, I, I don't was... see a lot of people going. People go like, oh, oh, so I guess, uh, uh, you know, Fox bought the d- distribution rights to Rocky Horror Picture So, so Frankenfurter is a Disney princess. I, I don't know. They I... own MASH now, so Klinger is a Disney princess. Well, I was um, talking to a friend of the show, Becky Albertalli, who wrote uh, the novel that was based on Love, Simon, and she was like, is Simon around, a prince but, now? Yeah. But, yeah. And you re- neglected to work your contacts and find out what Catherine Langford's role was supposed to be I don't think she knows in Avengers either. Endgame. Yeah. But if you... Okay. Let me break it down, right? Okay. Woman writes, Love, Simon, becomes a modest sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely got a lot of press as like a teen gay love story that was just told, quote unquote, straight. Mm-hmm. It's Catherine Langford's first movie role. Yeah. She was in that show that made kids kill themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's her first role. She is going to take that text. Do you know what I mean? If you text, if the author of the of the book that was the, your first movie texts you, and goes, give me spill the tea, girl. What'd you do? Uh huh. Okay, don't tell anybody. But I was. I guess. Then it comes back to you. Uh huh. You got to learn to work these contacts. I guess. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Nobody said you were. Uh, Avengers. We're talking about it. Yeah. I guess we're not talking about it yet. But I did want to mention that the TV spots are just going ham on spoilers now. Just forget it. I know. <laughs> they, they they're like, if you haven't seen it now, too bad. Like, we were just in the spoiler. You had a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's probably fair. Yeah. I think the Russos were talking about like two weeks because uh-huh. they've been big on spoilers, but I right. mean, if the company 
just has a spoiler. I know. In their in trailer. The, the TV spots. Nothing you can do about that. No. Talking about other big deals, it looks like Amy Pascal will be ending her time with Sony, and she now has a universal wow. first look deal. So, oh, okay. Looking to change the quality of the bad movies that she makes. <laughs> 30 years. She's been making bad movies at Sony for 30 years. That's a long time. I mean, she's she hasn't been like Head any, a top pro- yeah. producer for 30 years, but right. she's yeah. Now she's going to go make bad movies at Universal. Universal. Yep. Good right. place. Good place for her. A lot of bad movies <laughs> at Universal. Oh, a lot man. of people not doing real well. Yeah. It's hard to point at any studio that's really killing it except for Marvel. I know, right? Yeah. Well, speaking more about Marvel and their TV side, it was announced that there will be a Ghost Rider show. Yes, I heard featuring about this. Uh, Robbie Reyes coming back to the role of Ghost Driver <laughs> when he was on uh, Agents of Shield. Okay. And uh, also, uh, or I'm sorry, Gabriel Luna, the character's Robbie Reyes, uh, and Hellstrom will also be a show. Now you yes. go, what's Hellstrom? Right. He's Hellstrom, son of Satan. Well, wasn't he a character on Ghost Rider? Well, he's a character. So we've talked about the, um, what is it? Like the Marvel side of, um, or uh, blah, blah, blah. The Marvel, the cosmic side of the Marvel universe yeah. that they're looking to tap into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was revealed recently that Marcus and McFeely actually entertained putting the Living Tribunal in Avengers Endgame. Yes. Which is like, okay, but... It seems like it's right out in the open here. Where's the Watcher? You own well, right. Fox stuff now. You yeah. own the Fantastic Four. The Watcher should be here right. to see this everybody fight everybody, right? Yeah. Make sure it goes okay. Or just to watch. Right. Sworn never to interfere. Right. I'm doing the Kirby hand, but you yes. can't see it. Uh, so there's also like a um, d- darker side. Like the whole satanic panic of like the 80s was kind of a response to a lot of things. But there was a whole like... Ronnie James Dio devil kind of ghosts and goblins thing in like the 70s. And so out of that came Satana, Mephisto, Hellstrom, you know, or Hellstorm, Son of Satan. Uh, These whole sort of anti-hero characters who were like, yeah, so extreme, throwing up the horns and that sort of thing. And that's tied into stuff like Ghost Rider, who is himself a demon, you know, the spirit of vengeance and that whole angle. Do you think that'll ever make the screens in this crazy Christian country? Uh, I don't know. That's a really good question, especially with the mouse behind it. Um, I don't know if they like Hail <laughs> Satan. Yeah, exactly. Um, aren't these going to be on like Hulu too? Hulu. So, so they don't really want it associated with Disney Plus. It's not squeaky clean enough. Uh, yeah, it's a maybe we're starting to adult. see that strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna see this in movie form or not. I I kind of doubt it. I think that they don't want to be associated with the darkness. So. <laughs> I believe it. They call love. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's a different show. Yeah. Uh, great. Good comments. Uh, you want to talk about something else that was a Marvel comic book once, but isn't an actual Marvel property? Sure. That's Willow. Like the movie Willow? Yes, thank you. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, Ron Howard, and everybody's just blowing this way out of proportion, but Ron Howard was being interviewed for something recently, and he okay. was like, yeah, you know, we're working on, um, maybe maybe we should do Willow, maybe. And with Ron Howard, I know that, like, his depiction on seasons four and five of Arrested Development yeah. are, like, comedic, but I also feel like that's kind of a little bit like their real process. Right. And so I think he's just throwing things out, and if there's a bite, maybe we'll go for it, but they are talking about a possible 
Willow revival, probably in a TV form. Weird. Um, I guess I could see that. But, I mean, do we really want that? I don't know. We've got Warwick Davis. Uh-huh. He is he's as, bad, as good as he's ever been. He's a better actor than he ever was. I suppose. Uh, he's, he's healthy. He's ready to go. What if you had Warwick Davis's Willow? You've got Val Kilmer, who is yeah. a little slower than he used to be, but he beat the cancer as far as we know. He's alive. He's yeah. with us. So what if you moved it another 50 years down... It's fantasy. Who knows how old they are? Let's say it's 20 years down the road, right? Yeah, sure. So Mad Mardigan settled down with the princess and everything. Willow's still around. Willow did get better at magic, but then he actually did go back and become a farmer, right? Sure. And so he's raising like a son or a daughter now who is like Willow too. And they are similarly called on a journey to adventure. Is Rick Overton alive? I have no idea. Rick Overton might be dead. I think Rick Overton's dead. Sorry, Rick Overton, if you're alive. Uh, but Kevin Kevin Pollock's definitely alive still. Yeah. <laughs> so we can get the uh, the brownies back and we can do the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, your enthusiasm has uh, made me change my mind. Rick Overton, totally alive. Oh, okay. Doing great. All right. 64. Sorry, Rick. All right. Come on back. Yeah. The brownies can be a little aged and be like, whoa, what happened to you? It's like, hey, we can hold it too. <laughs> What's up for yourself, Dakini? <laughs> Nice hairline. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, let's actually one more story before we get to the real um, blue, horridly furry, disgustingly toothed elephant in the room. Okay. Uh, George R. R. Martin was interviewed recently about the spinoffs of Game of Thrones that are right. coming up. Sure. <laughs> Again, this is just a nothing news story, but we cover the news, and so we're covering it. And he says they are quote moving forward nicely. That tells us nothing. Yeah. That tells us absolutely nothing. You, you could have just said, you know, the sky is blue today. Well, okay, great. Good to hear that they're moving together nicely. But what does that mean? Yes, this is, <laughs> this was from his blog. Okay. Uh, and in typing that blog, there are some people out there who would go, three, four, four, that is 87 seconds you didn't spend on the winds of winter. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which... I'm not part of that camp. You no. take all the time in the world. It's a huge book. Uh, think of all yeah. the things that you have to bring to a close. I know it's tough. I'm not going to pressure you, dude. Besides, I just watched the show. So right. <laughs> that's wrapping up anyway. But yeah, he says that uh, there were five uh, spinoff shows that were in the works. Yes. Three of them are are moving forward steadily. Right. Uh, one of them has had a pilot ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that he's not supposed to call it the Long Night Show, but it is... It's a long night show, prequel okay. show. Okay. And this is the the original long night was, you know, the inciting incident for this whole universe. It was like thousands of years, like maybe 8,000 years or whatever. Right. Before any of the events in the current series. Right. Um, and it's going to shoot this summer with S.J. Clarkson. She of former director of Star Trek IV, before it was canceled fame, okay. and directed it. So that's good news. She actually directed, I think, one or two other... I think she did a Game of Thrones. I think so. She mostly did. Uh, she did a lot of the um, Marvel Netflix stuff. Okay, all right. What's the the one with Naomi Watts? Is that a different one? I don't know. He did say about two other projects. The two others that they're going forward with, yeah. are still in script stage. So we don't know. Okay. So I'd have to assume for something that's cast, yeah, uh, it must be the um, the Long Night prequel series. Okay. All right. Is that 
I read an article about the one with Naomi Watts, and it was saying something about the Starks, like like long, long, long. These ancestor. would be proto Starks. Yeah. yeah, these would be way back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and them doing, I don't even remember. So this is really great pod, but <laughs> um, yeah. But there's some relatives of the Starks, and I think there's some relatives of the Lan- Lannisters. So that would be real tough because the okay. Lannisters. So there's the. It's all based on uh, European, specifically like British Isles history, right? Okay. Yep. So the boy, I'm gonna get this wrong, but like the first men are the Celts. Okay. In this case, right? Okay, so they're yeah. basically living in Britain. Then the Andals come in and fight with the first men. And the Starks are the Celts, the, the first men. The okay. Andals are like the Normans, the Norman invasion okay. of England. And sure. then they're the Lannisters. The Lannisters started on Essos and sure. then invaded Westeros. Okay. Okay. But this is... Before, before, way the... before all that. We're talking okay. about, this is going to be like around the time of the creation of the Night King and the Children of the Forest okay. are at war with the First Men and that sort of thing. Okay. I think. Don't at me. Okay. All right. Well, I'm kind of curious to see what the spinoffs are going to be like and if I will like them or not. Yes. And if you want to know more, Martin himself specifically said that you could buy Fire and Blood. His sort okay. of side quill novel uh, about uh, it's a history of the Targaryens in Westeros. Basically, okay. it gives you background on them leading up to you know the Doom of Valeria and that whole thing. Okay, all right. Which that's Sounds the show good. I want to see. Yeah, nothing against the Targaryens, the prehistory stuff, but I want to see because so many of these plot threads and like when they talk about historical things in the show, go back to the initial the Norman invasion. Basically, go back to the Targaryens, you know, invading. Uh, Westeros uh, after the mm-hmm. Doom of Valeria and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, their old home blew up. They need a new home. Right. Right. I think. Uh, I would watch that. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't read any of these. No time to read. <laughs> I know. What's the last book you read? Oh, you read all the time. I, I, the last book yeah. I read was probably 2010. <laughs> I, haven't read, I haven't read a book in so long. That wasn't Star Trek related. Yeah. Last story. Okay. Uh, do you know, gotta go fast. <laughs> No. Do you know just horrifying human teeth? Oh my gosh. And lace up shoes. You know, you know he has lace up shoes. Oh, I know. And you know how he has a crotch? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All of these things contributed to the immense fan backlash to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer. Yes. Featuring Ya Boy, James Marsden. Why, James Marston? Why? No, I just feel like he can do better. He can do so much better. I know. So I just don't understand why he chooses these films. He doesn't. Well, I mean, I guess he has to say yes. But, yeah. You know, get a better agent. I know, right? Field, better calls, read better scripts. Yes. Why are you acting opposite another CGI character in what is destined to be a flop? Exactly. Or hop. Sorry. Said that wrong. <laughs> yeah, so this has come out. Sonic, I'm, I'm not even like a huge Sonic fan. Actually, I should, I am a huge Sonic fan. Okay. Kind of. Okay. I was a Genesis boy uh, growing up, not really a Nintendo boy girl. Okay. Nintendo dude. Sure. Genesis, no, Genesis dudes. No, the PlayStations were the dudes because it was like, that was the attitude. Genesis right. was nerds. Nintendo 
freaks. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you got no. I you have. I got nothing. Your partner can't add anything. <laughs> the bit's not going to get better. So move on. Uh, I was a Genesis guy, not really a Nintendo guy. So I did have a lot of affection for Sonic. Sonic Two. Like a lot of twos, mm-hmm. uh, Resident Evil 2, Mega Man 2 was one of the best games of all time. It's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Tails okay. It's not my favorite, but sure. it's an interesting mechanic to add. Uh, and so, yeah, I do feel like I have a feeling of how Sonic is supposed to look. Now, Sonic, as Sega sort of collapsed as a platform, it's right. still sort of developing games. And so there's been a lot of Sega games on other systems and stuff like that. And they've been not really great quality. People keep trying to change the formula of Sonic. And the formula is you go fast. Right. And you get rings. Right. And so, but I don't know. But his design has made, remained fairly consistent throughout all of that. Why not just put that on the screen? Yeah, I don't understand why they decided to change it at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. He has... Two eyes. Sonic yes. just has one eye. He's got like a goggle eye. Yeah. He has no crotch. His legs just start at the bottom of his of his body. Yeah. Uh, he's got gloves on. You know, he wears like these big kind of Mickey Mouse sort of uh, patent right. leather shoes. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, I know. Why? Why this? Why change it and make it? Why horrifying? give him human teeth? I know. And tiny little eyes. I know, and a tiny little nose too. It. It's. Weird and, and creepy. So and it's immediately been announced uh, in like one weekend this took uh, mm-hmm. for the director, Jeff Fowler, never heard of him, to come out and say, we've heard the fans and we're going to work on it. We're going to redesign. Yeah. yeah. They've got time. I guess it's, you know, November is when the movie's scheduled to come out. I will be, I, I don't know. Do you, we, Let's address the um, horrifyingly toothed elephant in the room, which is, do you think that this is some kind of conspiracy I've heard this on the internet because nobody can just take for granted that Paramount, Paramount, Paramount made a bad movie. So therefore, this has to be something where in order to generate buzz for the film, they released a Bobo version of the character they never intended to use. And they've got like the good one, like all ready to go. Um, Let let me introduce you to my friend Occam. He's noticing that you need a shave. Yeah, I, I could honestly believe it. You know, (laughs) you can. Yeah. We just went. Okay, forget Occam. You're not needed. Well, I'm just saying, like, I can believe it because, like, you want to create buzz for your film. But at the same time, like, why wouldn't you just put the the correct version out there? Hop. I know. I know. (laughs) Which was. Warner Brothers? Can't remember. I can't remember. (laughs) But anyway, um. Because they don't know what they're doing, because they don't take it seriously, mm-hmm. and because they thought, Jim Carrey, we got it. Yeah, I know. Who's going to play the idiot and not make a lot of money doing it? Yeah. James Marsden. Yep. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. Go crazy with it. Okay, well, I'm going to give him a crotch, because mammals should have crotches. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, I don't. I think that it's totally implausible. I think the most believable thing is that Paramount made a bad movie because it's okay. happened so many times. All right, sure. So it, how much they'll change, we don't know. Right. What do you think of the trailer? Having no connection at all to the Sonic universe. I thought it was terrifying, especially, <laughs> you know, the design of the character. I, I mean, I, I, I Would don't you see this have, movie? Huh? Would you want to see this movie? No, absolutely not. I... um. I I never played Sonic. Um, I well, don't you have like are missing out. I don't have like a huge connection to the character, but I did grow up when he was really huge, 
and I do remember seeing his picture everywhere. So to see the design that they came up with. What do you think about the with, jokes in the trailer? What do you think about the story of the trailer? I just didn't think that they were that funny. Um, I thought there were like a lot of sight gags from Jim Carrey, um, who, you know, I you mean, seen nothing yet. He's he's funny guy, but what? it's not. I you don't know. Vote for Jim Carrey. I, it's not like <laughs> super. Like it's not like something I haven't seen before, and it doesn't make me excited about the film. Why are all these things? He's come to our world. Now he's a fish out of water. Like it would be tough to have a Smurfs movie. Yeah. Where they're just they're three apples high, they're just walking around their village, and Gargamel wants to make them into gold or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You cast Neil Patrick Harris, America's sweetheart, yeah. and you bring him to the real world. Mm-hmm. And I call it the um and I know it happened before this, but I call it the Masters of the Universe problem. Yep. Remember that time that He Man was Trapped in a pawn shop yeah. <laughs> with the principal from Back to the Future? Yeah. No, he's like on Skull Mountain or whatever, and he's throwing things around, and he's punching a guy with a skeleton face. I know. None of that is anything. I know. And so now, why isn't Sonic hanging out in the Green Hill Zone or something like that? Why is he... Oh, he's on Earth. Because he needs he to caused, save Earth for some right, reason. Right, and then the military guys are like, we got to call in the best to get him. Yeah. Why is that the first thing they go to? I, I don't know, because they didn't know what, what other story to write, I guess, because they're like, well, he obviously needs to come to the real it's world. It's less money to animate just a character instead of making like, but that isn't true, though. It's actually way less expensive to just make an animated film, right, than to like get sets and hire a crew and slice bagels and everything. Well, yeah, you could just make this a fully so. animated feature. Yeah. Um, as long as you're a not- A Lego Batman if you will. Right. A Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know why they didn't do that. And he could have even had him do like a fish out of water type thing with an animated thing if you really wanted the to. The SpongeBob movie has live action sequences like mm-hmm. with David Hasselhoff, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's got... I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'm out on a limb here. Uh, but sometimes on that show, too, I think that yeah, they yeah, would yeah. have live action sure. sequences. Yeah. But it was not all the time. Um, and I guess when you come for a story about Sonic. You best not miss. Well, yeah. And you, you probably, you know, want to see his world. Why is he coming to our world? You yeah. know? Are, are the bad guys still cute? Fuzzy animals that are like locked into robot suits or right, something like that. Right. Don't say right. Never played the game. I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I weep for the Sonic film. It's not like I really cared. Um, I wasn't really jonesing for one. But just to right. look at it cynically in terms of properties, this is a property that it would be. It's on you to screw it up mm-hmm. because it's in the perfect nostalgia zone. There's yeah. the Green Hill Zone, uh, the Casino Zone, and the Nostalgia Zone, um, where you've got kids who are still playing Sonic games, and they're doing the racing games, and he's in Smash or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you've got adults who grew up playing the Genesis who are raising those kids. So you've right. got both audiences want to see this. This is not like being dragged to a Barbie movie. Right. And yet the adults are mad. The kids are like, what's that? <laughs> it doesn't right. look like Sonic. I know what Sonic looks like. Right. If kids think that way, they probably don't. 
Well, but Kids they might be like, Lesson. why Kids is Sonic scary looking? You know? <laughs> Daddy, no! <laughs> no! I don't want to go to that movie! <laughs> Kid doesn't like rings anymore. <laughs> Threw out the ring toss. Oh, man. The doorbell, yeah. that's deactivated. Yeah, exactly. Kid cannot take a ring. <laughs> Never get married. Well, let's talk about the Game of the Thrones real fast. 82. Two minutes or something? Something like that. Very long. The Battle of Winterfell uh, yes. does what it says, says what it does. The final confrontation between the Whites and the Night King versus the living, our heroes, who yes. are holed up in Winterfell mm-hmm. to do this, do this down, do this yes. jam. Uh, we got a slam. No. no. Uh, <laughs> what What do you, yeah. What do you, uh, what do you think? Um. I really enjoyed it. I think I heard somewhere that it was... Oh, hotter gonna, than that. Well, that it was like um, the longest uh, fight scene at, in a TV show, in all the history of TV shows. It was a movie, basically. Well, there are movies it was. that are shorter than 82 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it was like a long fight scene out of Lord of the Rings, you know? Um, yeah. I would liken it to that. Um, they referenced, they used, you know, the Battle of Helm's Deep as a reference for a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised about that. <laughs> Which is like, why? Yeah, well. I mean, sure, like, steal from the best, but right. I don't think the, was the Battle of the Bastards, like, really big? Yeah, I bet if you, wasn't there, like, the Patriot or something had, like, a long scene that was just inside the battle or Probably. I don't. Why does TV always have to steal from films? Do something new. Well, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I feel like they did a couple of things that were were new or were interesting. Um, I was not expecting to see Melisandre, and yet she came out of the darkness. Like, how was she not attacked by the Whites? I don't know. Whatever. She's a sorceress, um, and she lights their swords. Um, I think it's only the Dothraki, though, and then we see them go, and then they just disappear. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. Why not? I thought it was an 82-minute waste of time. Really? Yep. Why did you feel that way? Because nothing happened that we didn't really expect to happen. Okay. There were a couple cool moments, mm-hmm. and as far as the tactics go, people are like, why did they do this? Why did they do that? I don't really care about that. These are... <laughs> We've seen that these some of these people are dumb, and some of like the best like Rob Stark was like a great tactician, like he was good, yeah, at fighting. But he's dead and has been dead for a while. Mm-hmm. All the idiots are left. <laughs> you know, the best yeah, swordsman in Westeros has only one hand, and it's not the right one, right? Uh, literally, and so I'm cool with them doing dumb stuff. But there's so many dumb things like. To me, it just proves that all those boring years that we spent watching the Khaleesi in, 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 in Essos were worthless. They came to nothing because you wiped out all the Dothraki, mm-hmm. all the not-white characters. In one fell swoop, you clearly never had any plan for them. I guess, by extension, all of Daenerys's scenes were just a waste of time. I mean, I kind of felt that when she was, like, hanging out with the guy with the the king vault king or whatever and yeah. <laughs> you know and she was just doing like oh now we're going to go back to the thing and with the wives and all this and all the other things that she was doing and the, the maesters and all the masters or whatever right it always just seemed like what's the point of all this it could be the yeah. side story that shows us how she is training to be a good leader she's making the mistakes but learning from them and it just was never written or, sorry, acted in a way that really compelled me. So I thought, but this is all leading somewhere. Mm-mm. It's not. 
They all died. Nobody even remarked on it. Yeah. All the Unsullied died, basically. Nobody really well, remarks on that. Grey Worm's still alive. Yep. Somehow. Because he's got a name. Yep. Yeah. And he's got a connection to another character. Uh, I was actually surprised he survived. Yeah, yeah, thought, yeah. To be honest. I have also heard that opinion on the internet a lot. Um, but they're just, they're all dead. So who cares? You know? And it just, that that's frustrating. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's something I stole from the internet. I did see a thing that was like, their tactics suck. Why are there trebuchets in front of the troops? Whole point is having guys protect the trebuchets so they can keep on fighting. The second the whites reach the trebuchets, the crews of the trebuchets go, let's get the hell out of here. And then right. ain't no more throwing stones. Well, that's true. Which don't do anything anyway. Right. Uh, also, if you have like a trench, you put the soldiers behind the trench. Like, come on, come over the trench one by one. Then we'll just stab you where you are. I, I know. Instead, we're in front of the trench. We're getting wiped out. Now you got to pull the thing so nobody can get over the trench and goodbye unsullied. Like, all right. that was dumb. Right. <laughs> it was just dumb. It's like, who's running this battle? But yeah. I said I didn't care. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think well, the fact that Arya kills the Night King was awesome, but it literally was a decision made by Benoff and Weiss. Yes. Because they're like, we don't know. We have to have her do something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fun. So I'm in a non-Last Jedi kind of way, I'm cool with you subverting expectations. But if the entire show has been seven and a half seasons building up to who is the prince that was promised. Right. And then it's just like, oh, it's just a girl. It's got a dagger. Yeah, I know. It's like, okay. Well, and I we watched the 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 talk after the show too. And um um they said something about how he had to be killed with Valyrian steel. Like, Dragonglass wouldn't have done it or something like that. He was made of Dragonglass. Yeah, I know. Who cares? Yes. Supposedly um, the hilt of the dagger was made of Dragonglass, the same Dragonglass blade that created him in the first place. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's all interesting stuff to tell me after in the, the show. featurette after the show. Yeah. I mean, if it's not on screen, it's not important. Well, in... I, I struggled to know what John was doing the entire battle um, because he's supposed to be like, I'm not saying he's like his brother Rob or anything, but he's supposed to like be a good fighter. And he was. He fought hundreds of whites. I suppose alone. he did. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know what the show is trying to say or where it's going at this point, because if. I'm of two minds on this, and whenever you see a think piece on the internet, you can't write a think piece, I'll tell you from experience, although I think I've done a pretty good job. You can't write an encompassing think piece. You have to take, you know, this take is hot. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Right. You wear gloves. Uh, and so the takes are, what a waste of time that Arya killed the Night King, or there, that was it. <clears throat> it wasn't like a multi-stage. I know it was 82 minutes long, but like... We worried about the zombies for eight years I know. for him to just go down and now that's all over and now yeah. we're just going to go fight a drunk queen <laughs> yeah. Know, who yeah. doesn't have elephants? Come I, on. I, I know. And my thing is like, yeah, but my problem is I'm okay with them wiping out the existential threat if the show is really about families in conflict with each other and right. the nature of being a ruler, like being a good ruler, being a bad ruler, being uh, responsible with your power. That mm-hmm. sort of thing, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the show th- no thinks that it's about that because right. for seven years it was about 
ice zombies, right? Right. So, so what is it really about? Yeah. Um. Well, and I'm fine with Arya killing the Night King. I, I, and I'm fine with her coming out of nowhere. I, I guess. I was a little frustrated with like like Bran during this battle. Like, what is he supposed to be doing? And like, like supposedly he's warging and he's going to do something important, but he doesn't really. And well, the whole thing is when the show does something you don't understand. If you have faith in the show, you don't worry about it because you know it's going to be something cool later. But if you don't have faith in the show, you go, they didn't know what to do with Bran. He's not going to sit there and like, so Theon. How do you pee? Like, they're not well, going to have a conversation. Right, right. So he just wargs, right? Yeah. Then we see him do nothing except for, like, you know, early on he controlled some ravens. Right. Um, <laughs> which just strap dragon glass to the raven's wings and they can just slice whites. <laughs> Come on. You're not even thinking about this. Right. Um, or put a dragon glass helmet on the horse. Put some, <laughs> Give him some dragon glass knee pads or something. Th- something. That would have been interesting. But if you trust the show, then you go, okay, well, that's important. He's, he's, he was going, he was um, TiVoing the past. Right. Because he already knows what's going to happen. He's like Doctor Strange. Yeah. He can't tell us, right. but he knows. Right. So he's TiVoing the past because he's like, oh, we're going to win this. It's fine. So I'm going to sit here and TiVo the past and find some important um, thing that I can say to Cersei, you know, or some little bit of lore or knowledge that'll help us you know, win the Battle of King's Landing later. Like, right. he's thinking ahead. Okay. But without kind of telling us that's what he's doing, it's just like, yeah, he's just not doing anything. Right. Well, what did you think of, like, all the people in the crypts and, like, putting people down there? And why didn't they think about, hey, we know the Night King can bring the dead back to life. Why did was that not thought of? Because it's cool. Okay. They wanted to do it. Yeah. And so they do it. Yeah. And sure, our characters probably could have put two and two together and went, let's not hang out by a bunch of bodies, but what else are you going to do? Yeah, I suppose. I guess I would Instead, what do you do? You uh, go down to the crypts. You Mm go, Lady Sansa, you're not going to like this one. Come on, boys. Crack, crack, crack. They just open up all the Stark crypts pile all the ancient Starks in the corner and just burn all the bodies and be like, Yeah. Yeah. You got the statues still. Right. And now we're, this crypt is clean. Like, we're safe to stay down here. That was never going to happen. You needed to have some extra threat. My thing is like, why set up, their setups are becoming more and more obvious. Like, they literally had a little child who had a burn on her cheek. I I know. Be like, I want to fight. Oh, wow, you're pretty brave. Great. You remind me of a girl. What girl? The girl with the scar. What scar? Right. The scar yep. on her face. Yeah. And then later on, Melisande shows up as we go, oh, yeah, remember? She burned the girl in the thing because we saw that last episode. So he's mad. And it doesn't lead to anything because she no. just dies self, uh, somehow. somehow dies. Yeah. Offs yeah. herself. Which, by the way, <laughs> Winterfell is a castle, right? Yes. The castle is where the Lord lives. It's a thing of protection. So mm-hmm. he's pr- protected, obviously. But in times of war, you can take all the peasants into the castle and yes. go, just hang out. We're going to survive this siege, just attack or whatever. Yes. So which means that there are buildings, houses, there are things 
outside of the castle. Well, that's true. There is a community, right? Yeah. Yes. It isn't just like we don't see Winterfell, it, but it's there. The castle, there is mm-hmm. a town of Winterfell. I'm yes. just assuming. Yes. <clears throat> I don't think we've ever really seen it. No. But when the whites come in from one side and when Melisande goes to the south, it leaves to the south door, there is nothing. They saved a lot of money by just like CGI nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, there should be like a road to get to Winterfell. No, you're right. Maybe some trees along that road. Yeah. Maybe an inn down the way where people stop off, you know, waiting to see if Lord Stark will admit them, you know. Right. (laughs) But no, it's just, it feels like, it feels like the board the D&D board they look at to plan the battle right. is is supposed to be a representation, a map of the territory, not the territory itself. But then we see that in the real world, oh, no, there's just nothing. It's just clean, flat ice to the horizon. Right. It's like, what a horrible place to live. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, fog. Use fog. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Video games have been doing it forever. Just have it be. There was literally fog at one point in the battle. Just show, yeah. oh, it's a bunch of fog. But we see indistinctly, she walks into the fog and we see oh, her fall down, you know, and, right. and more fog. And we're like, oh, she's dead. Right. I um, I would have liked to have seen more from the people that were in the crypt, like see them actually fighting. Like see Sansa stab some of the zombies or something like yeah, that. Yeah, in one of those behind the scenes things, you see a scene that looks kind of, because she and Tyrion grab the daggers or whatever. Yeah. Um. And it looks like they get up to do something, but you know what we see on screen, they just they don't we don't see them do anything. Right. Yeah, I agree. But um, then that would have cut out the totally awesome Metal Gear Solid, you know, Metal Gear uh, Anya, not Anya, Arya. Yes. Uh, scene where she's running around and. Yeah, I know that was that was scary. Um, Which is also scary, but is that the time for this? We're talking about like a. You've promised us like the one of the biggest battles in the show. Do we want to ten, take ten minutes and have her run around a library? Apparently, we do because <laughs> I mean it was we, cool. But... It was cool. I mean, we want to see what happens to this character, and we're afraid for her life because the show has taught us that your your favorite characters are She's never not safe. Die in the middle episode, like, I know, right there. I know. She's no Beric Dondarrion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody, will, everybody will lost. Yes. No big losses. Yeah. Theon's arc over. Yeah. Beric has been living and dying for this moment. Yes. So mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ed. <laughs> Poor Ed. Yeah. But it was time to go. Uh, Liana Mormont was probably uh, play of the game. Yep. Uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jorah. Jorah died doing exactly what he wanted to do. So. Yeah. So it seemed fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of amazing he held on as long as he did. So. Like fighting all those whites with yeah, I guess like having having had grayscale doesn't like give you like an AC bonus or something like that. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe it does. I mean, he lasted a long time. (laughs) Literal stone skin. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So final verdict. Um, I I still feel like I I liked it. Um, I guess I had wished there were more like actual character moments within it um but um i i liked the ones that we got um i do think that Arya, you thought brian was gonna die for sure well i i actually thought quite a few more people were gonna die um than who did i thought gray worm was a goner for sure um i'm kind of amazed that he's yeah, still I'm around not sure what we're saving him for 
maybe the big battle at uh, King's Landing. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be real affecting when Bronn kills him or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't think Bronn is going to kill either uh, Tyrion I think Euron Greyjoy is going to take out a lot of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you're probably Because he's right. going to go, you know, last, second to last episode or like, you know, last part of last episode. We're gonna. It's. It has to be one of those. Oh, you didn't stab him enough times. Do right. it again. Yeah. Put him in a meat grinder. Feet first. And <laughs> to to get us to that point. I mean, yes. he's already terrible. He is. But we need to. It's a Ramsey situation. It's yes. a situation where it's like we're gonna make a man into Alpo, and you're gonna clap. Right. And I think they need. Right. They don't have a lot of time. But, but they I think they're to gonna try them. to speed up to that by having him kill Asha or, or Yara. Um, I was going to ask, do you, you know, think Yara's going to come and fight? King's she can't Landing? be gone from the show altogether. Yeah. 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 All right, my final thoughts. Um, don't let me give you the wrong impression. I'm enjoying it. Like, I like it. I just I just feel like it was should be better. I feel like we've set up more than this. Yeah. It's, it would be like if you took thousands of dominoes and you set them up in this, like, amazing, you know, pattern, you know, the whole thing, and it's all set, ready to go, and then you just, like dropped an elephant on it and all the dominoes went just went everywhere yeah. like whoa dominoes yeah. are flying yeah. I thought we were gonna go and they were gonna go up the ladder down the stairs yeah. they were gonna go around the thing right. we were gonna do that instead they're just like sweeping all the dominoes away and I guess it's, yeah. it's there's still spectacle there but it isn't the um, sort of designed you know intentional sort of thing that I expected well and like the 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 spiral things that were like the the White Walkers, um, like we're never going to find out what those were. Um, but, you know, I guess there's some questions still that like I have about the Whites and they're just gone now. So um, I guess we just don't think about them ever again. But Or do we? Yeah, I don't know. Is we'll there... find out Yes, in future weeks when we talk about future episodes. The Avengers! Thank you, Quicksilver! The Avengers! Right? Yes. Guess what? I don't know. There was an old video game. Um, it might have been Capcom, but it was in the style of the old Capcom beat-em-ups, you know, the four-player cabinet. Mm-hmm. And it was like this Avengers game. And so the Avengers run out. And you've got Iron Man. You've got Vision. You've got Captain America. And I think Hawkeye. Okay. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> one of these guys. Probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> and probably should take one of the other ones with him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyway. Right. Um, and it's just had these like weird kind of Englishy type stuff. Oh. It also okay. had like voice clips, which even at that time was somewhat new. This is in like the early nineties. And so but I, I don't mean to like it's very fun. It's like a fun game. Mm-hmm. And the arcade game was the best. There are home versions of it, but they don't really match up to the arcade version. But so you'd fight, you know, you'd fight Whirlwind and the Living Laser and you know, Grim Reaper and all these characters that never made it to the movies. Sure. Even though they are literally like the Avengers worst foes. Uh but it's just like fun. It's like a fun reference thing. Um Quicksilver would run by and like drop 
pickups, but he's not like a playable character because okay. how would you do that? Okay. And they'd always go, thank, thank you, you, Quicksilver. <laughs> and then like whenever like Captain America is gets loses all his life and then it's waiting for you to put more coins in, he's like, I can't seem to. Uh. Oh my gosh. Wow. But of course, uh, we know that in the film Avengers Endgame, somebody put some quarters in because yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Pulls right? that shield back on. Yes. It's get in there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um kind of reminds me of what Pierce Brosnan like taking hits in films. <laughs> I want a Goldeneye there's already a great Goldeneye video game, but I want yeah. a four player Goldeneye beat 'em up. Natalia uh uh, Bond. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I had to reach for Bond. Um, the Jodan Baker character, who is, I believe, named Jack Wade. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, why would you know? I don't know. And then uh, on a top. I don't know why she's fighting with our heroes, but it'd be fun to play Famke Jansen. And so yeah. they're just running around, old style, pick up a barrel, oil barrel, boom, hit Boris with it or whatever. Yeah. And then like as the the numbers are counting down to put more tokens in for Pierce Brosnan, he's like, pool, pool. <laughs> that would be awesome give me quick give me some money this is horrible this man is being eviscerated (laughs) a tank level yes this is a great idea yeah it is a good idea screw n64 golden eye (laughs) i want a four-player final fight style beat him up yes uh there has been a lot of video games of the avengers and a lot of spin-off media this is like you have to imagine when did it start? When did it start? When I, did it first begin that somebody was like, "We could sell Avengers." That wasn't like a thing. Yeah, I read old comic. Even in the eighties, when I was like a kid reading comic books, they'd have send away for an iron-on transfer to put on a T-shirt. <laughs> Remember iron-on transfers? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I think you can still get them, but they're like made by like. T-shirt an artist suppliers or on, an artist on Etsy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, this yeah. was just like you would get, yeah, I don't know. We got a Chinese factory to make some Spider-Man heads and then right. you can put it on your own t-shirt. t-shirt. And the t-shirt is white body, colored arms, baseball jersey shirt. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now there's something for everything. And I just wonder who the first character was or what the first year that somebody went, wait a minute. Yeah. Who I know. did this? I know. Now that's all it is. Yeah. Now you do it expecting it to be that yes. now you there's a phrase called toyetic how toyetic is this idea huh does that mean like how many toys we can make out of this can we make a toy out of it i see yeah okay now things get cut out and cut down because for instance boys research shows i guess i didn't have a problem with it lady J was one of my favorite uh gi joe car- uh figures but boys don't want to play with girl characters and so yeah. maybe we just won't make a a, a widow figure right which sucks <laughs> it's, yeah it's not cool yeah for a lot of reasons i guess hawkeye could just throw barbie off a cliff but uh, oh boy yeah but anyway yeah. so that is this has long been the the end point you know the the the, the raison d'etre for a lot of these characters mm-hmm. um i guess which is a cynical idea but it's true and to that end, uh, we have been um, ourselves swimming in a lot of this stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Now that we just talk about some of the ancillary properties, you know, sure. some of the things that you get to, some, oh, some of the things that we like, really, about ancillary uh, Avengers properties. Mm-hmm. That sounds good to me. 
Not the X-Men. No. Not Spider-Man. No. People talk about how it's funny that like, uh, nobody knew who Iron Man was before. People, people, people knew, knew who, who Iron, Iron Man, Man was. was. He wasn't, but as, he wasn't as big of a character right, because before had, the films. Right, because we had been in the 90s and 2000s when the X-Men were it. You yeah. know? And before that, they weren't it. Like The X-Men were canceled like in the late 60s and brought right. back in the mid-70s. Um, so, yeah, like we've got the Avengers who were the Iron Man of teams, basically. They had yeah. always been there. Right. But they just weren't, I don't know what it was. They didn't have the same flash. They weren't modernized necessarily. They weren't what modern kids or comic book readers wanted to see. I think the thing about the X-Men, I'll just say this real quick, is that, you know, they had these built-in character flaws. And so they they were, even though they were like superheroes, they were somewhat relatable Whereas maybe, you know, uh, a billionaire who makes an iron suit is not necessarily super relatable or a super soldier who was frozen in the ice for many years and then was dethawed is not as quite as relatable. But I think the well, films... Well, they all came out around the same time. That's true. Except for Captain America. came out in the 40s. Yeah. And they all, their popularity tracked with their relevance to what was going on. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the X-Men were canceled in like the late 60s right. and came back in the 70s when suddenly it's my happening and it freaks me out. Youth right. culture was becoming bigger and like the idea of a teenager as a a market basically was becoming a real thing. And yes. suddenly a bunch of teens who were disaffected and like had cool powers were were there. Captain America went away in the 50s because nobody cared about, about him this jingoistic Nazis? while he was fighting communists. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. And then he came back in the 60s because Stan Lee was like, what the hell? Let's do it. And I'd argue at the time in like 63 or 64 or whatever, uh, you know, with the growing conflict in Vietnam and also the idea that, you know, the great man theory where it's like, well, this guy deserves all of his money. He's going to tell us what to do. He's an industrialist. Okay, he got there somehow. Right. He got there because his parents were in a car accident. I know. And they uh, stole, like, but anyway. weapons. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how he got there. Yeah. But yeah, like, somebody comes along, like, Len Wein comes along and goes, no, we're going to do it different. The X-Men are going to be, they're not kids anymore. Now they're, like, young adults, and they're weird, and they're running into all kinds of stuff. And there's, like, it's not just five white kids. It's a whole colorful cast of people because that's what we see in our lives and what we want to see. And right. So, yeah, I think their relevances sort of wane and wax over time. Uh, I would, yeah, that seems to um, flow. And uh, I I think that what you're saying, too, about, like, the different wars that we were fighting, you know, that Captain America would still be made relevant. Uh, I think that that's true and that he represents America. And um, but even what that represents changes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because he's a fully jingoistic character in the uh, 40s, and then mm-hmm. he comes back in the 60s, and it's just kind of a guy until the late 60s, protests, civil rights movements. Right. He watches a alien who looks like Richard Nixon shoot himself in the face in, yeah. the, in the Oval Office. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. And around Watergate, we were all like, yeah, man. Thanks, Mark Grunewald, or whoever wrote that. <laughs> right, right. Um, 
and then I think that experience like traumatizes him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, over the years they've, they've found ways to make the characters more relatable and to, um, you know, show their vulnerabilities as well as their strengths. And I think that's what makes them and that the fact that they change through the eras and everything. I think that's what makes them such enduring characters is that they are able to change and uh, that we see that within the characters themselves. And when you take these characters and you adapt them, you are by necessity, necessity changing them to fit your vision of whatever project it is that mm -hmm. you're doing and whether or not the vision will be in it and um, what they're going to represent. Um, they are disparate characters. They all come mm -hmm. from their own comics, basically. But mm -hmm. how do they come together to make... A team. A team. You've got to have yeah. the uptight guy, and you got to have the flouncy guy, and you got to have the, I don't take orders from you, the, the Wolverine guy. Yep. I don't know how else to, he, it's just retroactively named the trope. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got to, and the strong guy, you have to have all these things, and so you wouldn't put a bunch of, like, guys who are all this, you wouldn't put Spider-Man, Daredevil, and another flippy guy on the same right. team. They'd be right. the flippy guys. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, but, like, the fact that, at this time, it's almost like like the formation of the Avengers in the 60s almost seems like the perfect combination of all the characters. Mm -hmm. Later on, you would have many teams that are made up of many of those archetypes. Right. But at this time in the line with Kirby and Lee and Lieber, um, what they were doing was like creating these archetypes in separate books and then brought them all together yes which is probably partially planned but i think also was just sort of serendipitous yeah i think so too otherwise why would you have the hulk and thor right on the team they're the same right right <laughs> strong guys well and although the hulk quits yes like after the second issue, the second issue. <laughs> he's like me hulk be on team it's issue two screw you guys hulk out of here <laughs> i know it's it's kind of like it's almost like, yeah, I want to be part of this team. And then like, oh, no, no, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it kind of reminds me of Batman in a way because like Batman was, is, I mean, whenever you see him in Justice League, he's like, I'm doing my own thing, you know? And he's like, uh, you know, I'm not going to listen to you guys. I'm doing this. Gotham and, needs me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just does whatever he wants to do. And they just kind of reserve a spot on the team for him, even though he's kind of like, this um uh, i don't like unknown agent you know well i mean if we need somebody to punch somebody i guess we'll give batman a call <laughs> i think we got it covered yeah i know right he's really smart though superman's like what what, what? was that Super are you dissing genius? me genius yeah barry is a forensic scientist i know right diana's some god gives her intelligence right yeah yeah it, Martian Manhunter is a genius alien. We're, we're all real smart. I know. We have to have kryptonite in here somewhere so Superman doesn't right. like, beat them all single-handedly. Wait a minute. This is my job. Yeah. <laughs> I brought a lead case. A lead shoebox. Exactly. Yeah. Well, one way in which they were adapted was for a show that we've talked about in the past. But we haven't talked about recently, which is... Um, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yes. The cartoon show that was the predecessor to the not bad but inferior in comparison Avengers Assemble. Yes. I and I always that. liked this show mostly because it 
find and it only had two seasons, two, mm-hmm. two glorious seasons, but it find finds a way to combine some of the best moments of the Avengers uh, up to that point. Yeah. And of course, this you know came out in like the early two teens or whatever. It's not like it. Uh, it's basically now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The the sixty seventy years of like great um, Avengers stories it manages to put all together, mm-hmm. and it was really like a murderer's row of talent that was behind it. I should mention before we go on that it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Nobody has ever said anything bad about this show. Wow, that's something. Should I look up Avengers Assemble? Um, sure. Why we'll not? Quick. Um, Avengers Assemble Rotten Tomatoes. I bet it's That was lower. a live Googling. Yes. 92%. Sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. Next, next time. All right. Um, I think it's better than Avengers Assemble. Um, well, the thing about Avengers Assemble is that if you watch it, it was clear that they wanted something that was dumbed down. Oh, I guess I didn't think of it like that, but I can see what you're saying. It's more... Okay, I lied. I was going to let the show go on, but I lied. Uh, it's actually Avengers Assemble doesn't have a tomato meter for reviews, but it is at 63% for audience score. Oh, Which okay. is usually weighted kind of higher. So mm-hmm. I think that that tells you something. Yeah. But it was specifically designed to do two things. One, capitalize on the popularity of the film, which had come out. Right. During the middle of the last season of the first show. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I think, dumb it down for uh, a younger audience. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Just going back. Earth's yeah. Mightiest Heroes. Average tomato meter, 100%. Average audience meter, 100%. Well, there you go. We've done it. We've achieved yeah. the best cartoon ever. Right. <laughs> and the fact that they find their own way in the great way that the Marvel films did, they find their own way to present you with the same exciting stories, but without trying to slavishly follow uh, what happened exactly the sequence of events from the comics, mm-hmm. which would be impossible to do. You're right. missing characters. There's so many right. different runs. Although they aren't limited by studio stuff. Animation is different licensing. So, yes, the Fantastic Four can show up. Yes. Wolverine can show up. And right. they do. Right. Um, yeah, and then also managing to weave their own story, which is ongoing. You tune in one week, and it would be some new threat, Corvax here or whatever. But right. you'd also know that Cap has a holographic shield because Thanos or Kang broke his shield a couple episodes ago. Right. You know, there would be an ongoing continuity. Yes, absolutely. Um, I also enjoyed, like, the the theme song, how at, after the theme song was which over. Which is the most like, emo I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I love the Avengers Assemble, you yeah. know? Let's and say it right away instead of waiting 11 years. Ago. I know, right? And like Cap said it almost every time they assemble. I feel and I'll like. say, uh, Common Sense Media gives it a 4.6 out of 5. Well, there no you go. No titties in this. Okay. Your kids are safe. Right. Yeah, and it's funny because probably the one place that it kind of falls down, although it's not its fault, it does its best, is that it is the old-style Captain America. And here's what I mean by that. It's not Milwaukee old-style, but it's, well, I'll tell you one thing. One time Hitler said to me that yeah. you should brush your teeth more. And right. I said, brother, America doesn't, America's got bad breath. Punch. <laughs> it's not like new, hot, you know. Chris <laughs> more, Evans. Yeah, more uh, bleeding heart, uh, sad boy Chris Evans, Captain America. Right. Who I have to say, I like better. Yeah. We, we did it. I know. I've always liked Captain America, but I've always 
kind of rankled at the fact that he is like, eat your Wheaties, everybody. <laughs> and they fixed that because he became yeah. like, he's just like a 25 year old guy who used to dance to Jimmy Dorsey. Mm-hmm. Now somebody is playing Tentacion, and he's like, I don't get it. But he's also still a 25 year old guy who like wants to work. And he's, yeah. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's just trying to figure things out. And he sees... You know, the military industrial complex, which he never even made it to Eisenhower's speech, but he sees it's gone crazy. And immediately he's like, this is crazy. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. This is insane. Right. But I I also have to say I really enjoyed the instructional uh, cap videos (laughs) that were in the Spider-Man film. Yeah, but the brilliance of the progression of the character is that you can go back to, say, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And... uh, have him fight old style Captain America. He's like, yeah. I don't know who you are, but you don't look as good in that suit as I do, Mister. Right, right. You know, or like, so you uh, killed a hooker, like. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see that, like, that's old Cap. They did old Cap. Now we're doing new Cap. Who's like, yes, yeah. I took the stones back and went just went back back to bang Peggy. What are you crazy? <laughs> Have you seen Peggy? <laughs> so they're able to do that now yeah. in this cartoon. We kind of just get Cap. But, you know, it's, true. it's Cap. Yeah. And we get uh, Ms. Marvel. We don't get Captain Marvel. But yeah. Yeah. I think if the show had gone on, they, they, they probably would have made her captain. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was in the comics at that point. But yeah, I think they definitely would have made her Captain Marvel. Um, you get a T'Challa that is, I think, a, almost a model for what we get for T'Challa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to the movie of Black Panther. And you get. <laughs> people always go like the wasp and she's that girl that hank yells at all the time you get a a janet that's like pretty sassy yeah sassy and like vital to the team is involved yeah. in what's going on and yet mm-hmm. maintains a personality at she doesn't have to be like i'm hope van dyne um do you think captain america serious i'm more serious than captain america i'm the most serious person in the universe right She's still like, ah, whatever. <laughs> like she's, right. she's kind of like flighty and just fun about stuff, but she's not like, you know, incapable. And yeah, she's just a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. No, I, I really enjoyed her in that show for sure. One more thought about Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, well, I thought I thought the finale, I, I thought they did a good job. Eh, um, I did not like it. You didn't like it? No, they just wanted to do Galactus because they wanted to have a galactic level threat i know but they didn't actually they do have the fantastic four because they show up but they just wanted to do their hey we didn't do fantastic four 48 through 50 yet <laughs> rocks in the sky everybody yeah. let's do it yeah and i thought that they could have found some way to because they always already wrapped up the kang thing in the episode before which had been the long storyline and so they're yeah. like what's one more thing that's like a celebration of the entire universe right as that it works but i felt like not as good. Third season. Just save that for the third season. Well, right? I know. And they must have known that they were canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed, though, like, we thought we lost T'Challa. And yes. he, like, miraculously, like, shows up in, like, a I feel like a really boss, like, Batman-type move. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, I teleported out at the last second. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sort of thing. Uh, that was really cool. Um, yeah. Um. I don't know. They show the supreme intelligence, and it's kind of how he's portrayed in the comics. Mm-hmm. And when they change that <laughs> wasn't, for, for wasn't the lady from the Grifters? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean they change that for Captain America, which is which is fine, but uh, kind of makes him 
the supreme intelligence creepier and more alien like i think so um but you know whatever. i still play that nirvana song that was good no. <laughs> yeah it's an achievement if you haven't seen it do it get it you can buy it it's There'll enjoyable link in the show notes to amazon where you can buy it um something else that has happened is that there has not been as many video games as you would think mm. um, there have been a few yes i feel like there's been way more dc video games than marvel video games but there have been true. a few and some of those are uh the ultimate alliance <sighs> miss you miss you at the crossroads miss uh, you buddy what a great series that is yeah. now dead basically but uh was a game that brought all started with the x-men and it was like raven studios or whatever it was uh four player action beat them up Mm -hmm. um that started with the x-men and did um you know a couple games there and then moved to um the whole universe you know marvel ultimate alliance Mm -hmm. bringing together disparate characters and putting a team together that's got blade and uh the the thing you know, sure and, yeah uh, phoenix and uh yeah i don't think they even had the wasp which is a shame that's a shame yeah Iceman or something like that getting right. all those guys together that was a great game uh, another good one is i gotta say it the lego marvel games are pretty great they're fun yeah they're really fun again same theme what i like about them is they take this idea of why slavishly reproduce what we've seen we could just dramatize big events Mm -hmm. and do them in our idiom yeah right which is to say you know when kang shows up in earth's mightiest heroes it's real bad news yeah when kang shows up in (laughs) lego marvel superheroes 2 it's like oh crap (laughs) like it's i want to put ducks on everybody's head like you know it's aimed for younger uh e uh audience yes but yet it remains fun and entertaining and when whenever you hit the character select screen and like a hundred blocks come up you're like oh okay you guys it's deep the roster's deep right like you know your stuff yeah uh, i can be corvac or, or whatever it is right like you've right. got a lot of things in here yeah um it is very entertaining um it is a lot of fun to play i feel like i'm still learning when i play it <laughs> Because like any Lego game, it should be like super easy because little kids play it. But I'm not, uh, I'm not the best video game player, so Aww. I have the hardest time like moving forward sometimes <laughs> or like flying in the right direction. Um, so yeah, I think it, for me it's still challenging in those ways. But I do enjoy playing it, and I do think it's fun, and there are a lot of really great character moments in it. Um, you know, I think you get to see characters that we haven't seen a whole lot of in the films. Um, like, um, what is that? The, the uh, Black Bolt and and family, the Inhumans, the Inhumans. Um, that show did not go very well. Um, but it they are featured in the video game, and you get to see some of that story, and I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I'd say kudos to Lego for doing all their homework and, and including characters that we haven't seen in the MCU. Yeah. And specific, I mean, it's not Lego just, you know, licenses it or, or whatever, right. but it's, um, TT games, which it's like a KFC thing. Like I think it used to stand for Traveler's Tales or something like that, but now I don't think TC, TT really stands for anything. Oh, okay. Um, 
but yeah, they are the ones that that do that, mm-hmm. and it's their people who are giving that attention to detail, mm-hmm. and it's really neat. Yeah. Um, even taking something like Secret Wars, which I don't know, semi successful as a crossover, but yeah. just making it into a fun premise for a video game that gives you many different worlds, you know, in right. this open world game. Well, let's go back to the start, like Chris let's. Martin, and check out the very first issue of The Avengers, which mm-hmm. came out in September of 1963. Yes. This is just months, in some cases a year, after the introduction of Iron Man, the Hulk, Thor, all of these guys in issue uh, books that were not their own books. Tales of Suspense, sure. Tales to Astonish, uh, Tales of Mystery or whatever you have. Uh, Loki, of course. Yes. Um, uh, Hank Pym as the Ant-Man. Yes. And Janet Van Dyne as, as the Wasp. All showing up in this very first issue. Um, this idea by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby to bring them all together mm-hmm. inspired i think by the justice league sure or the justice society yeah um hey that seems to be going pretty good yeah what if we threw them all together and made an event out of this yes you know the first event book maybe for marvel yes uh what's uh what's going on what's going on in this uh, um this well loki what kind of threat could take every one of the avengers to stop ah uh, loki <laughs> hulk in grease paint it well yeah, is it that's research? true. Um, maybe. Um, so Loki has been banished to this one island in Asgard. The Isle of Silence. Yeah, because he's done something. I don't recall what. But he did something bad and he wants to fight Thor, who is currently on Earth and masquerading as a human doctor, like Dr. Blake. Um, he is a doctor. Yeah. Okay. Um but he's like pretending to be a human. No. He no, is a human. he is a human? Yes. This is something that for a long, long time in Thor mythology, uh, up until I think recently they just dumped this after the um, rebirth of Asgard storyline. But Thor is like merged to a human being. Part oh. of his his whole existence is, you know, learning humility. And so to that end, he has been sort of trapped in the hammer or whatever. So it's like a Captain Marvel situation, like oh. where you Shazam and you become... I see. I guess he just becomes an adult. But in this case, Dr. Don Blake was a doctor who was hiking in the mountains for some reason, even though he has a bad gammy leg. Right. And he finds a stick, which is Mjolnir. And when he hits the stick on the ground, he sort of swaps places with Thor. But yet they kind of share the same mind at the same time. Yeah. So they're like okay. separate, but also the same. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, education for me there. Yeah. Um, I was not aware of that. In so, the movies, it's just we just want that hunky kid from the uh, young Guinevere adventures or whatever. Yeah. To be <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Loki wants to get Thor out in the open and to fight him. So he makes mischief and he like makes it look like the Hulk um destroyed these train tracks like on purpose and the hulk like thought he saw some dynamite there but it's loki so he like you know like ruins it trying to save people because you know he he is a misunderstood hero right um and 
then he goes and he hides out in the circus because he doesn't want people to find him because people are like, oh, the Hulk, we really need to do something about this. This is bad. Yeah. Um, and then Rick Jones, who is <laughs> friend of the... Of, who? Uh, <laughs> hold it. Hold it right there. <laughs> First of all, I just wanted to say, like, this is Kirby. Remember, he had been doing this for years at this point even stan lee had been doing romance comics like right. all through the fit and cowboy comics all through the late 40s and, and 50s so these guys are not like fresh new talents right like, they're like we've been doing this forever let's just do what we want to do because we're going to get canceled here and so old man kirby is doing things that he's basically creating the rules for comedy he's expanding on the rules that say for instance you know, Will Eisner helped create for mm -hmm. comics. Mm -hmm. And he's doing stuff like <laughs> Hulk is under this train track and we've got a scene from his point of view or behind his head where Hulk's head is popping up through the broken track. I know. And the train is bearing down on him. And then the guys in the train are going, look, Hulk's head. It must be him. He did this. And right. The way that they're like communicating the information on in nine panels on these pages is, is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes. <laughs> also, Loki becomes a tornado that can redirect radio waves somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick Jones. Let's talk about Rick Jones. All right. Why no Rick Jones? I don't know. He's supposed to be this human who brings them all together in the even, first place. Yes. Even Superman up until mm, Batman versus Superman mm -hmm. had a Jimmy Olsen. Yes. You know? Uh, even 2011's masterpiece, uh, Green Lantern, um, had Pie Face, mm -hmm. although they didn't call him Pie Face because it's not cool. But right. it was uh, Taika Waititi or whatever. Like, right. we've got the best friend of the hero. That's a thing. Yeah. Why? why well, how come Rick Jones doesn't fit? I guess they just found him to be unnecessary. I'm not saying he's not unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay, first of all, brass tacks. He's probably owned by Universal, <laughs> like oh. like uh, Hulk is. Okay. So maybe they couldn't use him at all. Yeah. Or it wasn't worth it. But is it that we just don't feel like we need the surrogate character anymore? Like, I think if you're going to make your of Masters it. of the Universe, there ain't no Courtney Cox and uh, Tom Paris. You just go, my name is Adam. I defend Eternia or whatever. Right. Right. You're probably wondering how I got here. Well, I mean, I think we go back to the beginning of the MCU with the first Iron Man film. There, there's no audience surrogate in that. But he's, but he's the most normal of all the Avengers. I like, suppose he's just a guy. Yeah, I suppose. But gotcha. I think as they were building it, they just they didn't have a, you know a surrogate. I mean, like there's things interesting. Like one deleted scene. One they're at a party at. You know, say, hey, have you met my uh, college? He was my intern, you know, when I was uh, right. working on the Gamma stuff. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm Rick Jones. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Fun celebrity cameo. It's Nathan Fillion or somebody like that. Right. And then you never see him again. I can't believe I, that, that hasn't happened. Been, that would have been easy. I can't believe that hasn't no, happened. No, it hasn't happened. So, uh, yes, what else is going on? So, uh, everybody thinks the Hulk is bad. Yes. Rick um, Jones. And yes. his buddies in the Teen Brigade. I know, right? Why no Teen Brigade? <laughs> um, they sent out a radio signal and um, they are aiming it. 
They're trying to reach the Fantastic Four. They're trying to reach the Fantastic Four. The Baxter Building's listed. Just pick up the phone. I know, right? Write a letter. Willie Lumpkin will deliver it to them. I know. <laughs> What's going on here? I know. Um, and somehow Loki, like like he said, diverts this radio signal. With his mental powers. Yeah. And so, but it somehow gets the Fantastic Four anyways, but they're on another mission. I know, making it totally useless. So they're <laughs> like... that entire interlude just, how do we fill three pages? I know. <laughs> and, and, you know, Reed Richards is like, we're kind of busy right now. If you still need us, let us know. And, yeah. and but somehow the signal, you know, it's diverted, but it somehow goes directly to Iron Man directly to dr blake um am i am i missing somebody um uh, probably the wasp and, and the wasp uh, and yeah. ant-man yeah. yes um and uh yeah the hulk doesn't hear it because the hulk is masquerading in a circus right now <laughs> wait don't get ahead of yourself yeah i know first uh talk about sue's haircut and how dumb she is no 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 Whoa. we're not doing a fantastic four thing we're just doing no. this yeah. yeah, so, you know, chicanery, chicanery is happening. Loki makes Thor think he sees the Hulk. And yes. this is like his big mistake. Like, whatever you're playing, he's trying to draw the Thor out because he only wants to fight with Thor. Yes. Uh, and so he tries to draw him out. But, of course, he doesn't seal the deal because Thor realizes it's an illusion and immediately goes, oh, this Loki. is Loki. We got Loki problems. Yeah. So he's going to go back to Asgard and talk to Dad. Yep. So he does that. Yeah. Meanwhile... Cut to a circus. Yep. <laughs> I know. There's just something about there's just something about the circus, I guess, in the fifties or sixties. Like this is yes, you could set yes, set something at a circus. I know, right? For sure. Yeah. Why would you not? Yeah. Well, there's a circus that the Hulk is now working at. I got a lot of questions. Yeah. How did the Hulk did he apply? <laughs> like, how did he get this job at the circus? I don't know. And they think he is a large robot for some reason, which yes, is like. He's told people that he is a robot so that no one will suspect. Because if he was just that a he's man a Hulk. Was, that could juggle an elephant, yeah. bad news. But the fact that he's a green robot wearing just horrifying clown makeup. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Do you? We think, all know robots like are like that, right? Do you think he showed up at the circus with grease paint on his face, being like, "Hey, I'm a robot. Hey, a Put juggler? me in the show." Yeah, I think so. Okay, I want to see that prequel comic. Though. Yeah, right. I bet it exists because this circus. It was later retconned when Hawkeye was introduced later <sighs> that this is the same circus that Hawkeye was of performing course. at. Of course, and it's actually a fairly modern uh, story, I think. But they've got like they do a kind of. Um, well, kind of Avengers Endgame thing where they sort of put him in the background of some of these shots. So the Hulk's like juggling stuff and Hawkeye's like, oh, nuts, my bow broke. So that explains why he wasn't performing that right. day when the Avengers came to beat the piss out of Hulk. Okay. Which they do. Right. I know. So we get the uh, classic uh, heroes are going to fight each other. Yes. Uh, thing. Um, Ant-Man and Wasp are using their uh, powers to sort of foil the Hulk. Yes. And he's had enough of it. Yeah, he gets irritated. And he takes the grease paint off. <laughs> and the crowd roars. And uh, and they continue to fight. And so all the Avengers are trying to stymie Hulk here. And they're yeah. all sort of having some success. But also, he's uh, he's holding his own pretty well. Yeah, he is. Um, and then, like, 
I think it's maybe Iron Man, like, takes some metal that the Hulk has thrown at him and, like, reconfigures it to be, like, a grappling, like, hook type thing. Yeah, which is, <laughs> first of all, they the Hulk gets away and lands in Detroit, and they specifically, like, establish that he's going to Detroit. Yes. So, cut to an auto parts, an auto plant. Yeah. Which is like, oh, this is the 60s. Remember when they made cars in Detroit? I know. I know. <laughs> but then everything becomes, I don't know if Jack has just had like a a Life magazine <laughs> to, did a, a did story on D- Detroit that right? day or something like that. Yeah. But so he's, yeah, he's drawing them fighting and they're fighting with like auto tires at each other. And yeah. yeah. And then like Iron Man somehow shapes like scrap metal into like a hook that he yeah. throws at the Hulk. Yeah. But you're forgetting that uh, oh. Thor goes on a little uh, yes. odyssey after that. Yeah. And he tries to uh, fight with Loki, and Loki calls on some trolls that are, like, native to this island or whatever. And, like, a troll comes out and tries to tackle Thor. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he, I forget what he does now to, like, fight the troll. Like, uh, like He uses, it's funny because he summons lightning because he's the god of right. lightning and thunder but he doesn't like zap the troll with it he just like he's blinded by the flashes of light oh, i don't right. know if that's like a kid thing like oh, we don't want to because troll trolls to be incinerated yeah maybe page. but like trolls i guess are used to the dark so then the light it's is a lot different than later like in um uh in the infinity crossover where thor is fighting the builders or whatever the builders are this like alien race that mm-hmm. is you know every one single one of them is like more powerful than thor they're trying to get him to surrender and so they say disarm yourself and so thor, thor uh throws his hammer into space you know throws it away like i am unarmed but as he's talking to the guy and the guy's like you piece of shit you're gonna we're gonna kill you and everybody you know and you're gonna be dead we see that mjolnir is like flying towards the sun of the system and then it like loops around the sun and like slingshots back oh my gosh and so thor's like yeah actually you're gonna die and like, <laughs> calls the hammer to him like goes through the guy oh my <laughs> gosh and he's like yeah okay so anyway <laughs> we win yeah he does a lot of stuff he spins it around and creates like a whirlwind and he it's got magnetic powers and just basically like milner in the movies is you can throw it and right. it helps you fly Right. And you can hit stuff with it. Right. And in the comics, it can do... Lots of stuff. It can heal people. It can help you travel through time. It can create portals. Like, that's how he gets to Asgard. You don't think he flies into space. Right. He just makes, like, a portal and steps through it. It can do a lot of stuff. Well, it's pretty cool. It can talk to him. Sometimes it's smart. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's kind of fun. So, for some reason, instead of just going back to Asgard with Loki, like, here... Right. That island thing's not working out. Right. He brings him back to, to the Earth. Avengers. Yeah. Who have destroyed half of Detroit at this part. Uh, yeah. At this point. Although today, who would know? And <laughs> he's like, it was him. He did it. I guess right. it's to let Hulk off the hook. I guess. And I guess it's to know, let Hulk know, hey, I know you're an okay guy. Yeah. But it was my brother. Which I feel like the Hulk doesn't care either way. Right. He's there. Yeah. That's when Loki decides... It's the 1960s. I will become radioactive. Uh, yeah, I know, right? So he's got radiation. Which shouldn't be any worry whatsoever to the Hulk. No, I think Thor, Iron Man, and the Hulk are all around him. And they're all like, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want to blow up the rest of Detroit. Right, right. So they find a way uh, as a team to throw him in a lead-lined container. 
Yeah, the wasp and Ant-Man like open up a trap door and Loki falls through the floor and then they put him through the in this lead line container. Way way to build that trap door, ants. <laughs> Why is there a I trap door? I, I don't know. It has to be by What the is ants. the boss of this auto plant doing? <laughs> I hate working there. Yeah, good question. Don't be late. Yeah. Yeah, and so they throw him into a thing and they helpfully inform us that he can only be radioactive for a few minutes. So I guess we'll get him out later. Right. Yeah. And at that point, they're like, did pretty good. Good Maybe we should keep doing this. Yeah. Well, next weekend, what's it look like? Yeah. And Janet suggests that they should call themselves the Avengers. That's right. And that's immediately seconded by Ant-Man. Yep. And the rest of the team likes it as well. And the way that it's introduced is literally like you think, okay, does it, what is it, does it mean something? Right. I feel like the movies have struggled with that a lot because they always seem right. to try to fit in a dialogue like we've got to have something to we're, avenge. Right. Be damn sure we avenge it. Right. The comic books never bothered to even do that. No. They even lampshade its creation in that the f- flighty airhead of the team's like, let's be the Avengers. And they're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> the Avengers. <laughs> know, right? da, da, da. Like that's yeah. literally how they get the name. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what did you think about uh, just this whole thing in total? Any impressions about any particular characters or um, the fashions? A lot I, of hats. Well, uh, I I liked it. Um, I kind of felt like they weren't exactly sure what to do with the Hulk um, and a little bit. absolutely true, seeing I as mean, he quits next issue. Well, right. <laughs> and he is kind of an anti-hero, so then like, I thought it was interesting, like, let's make him part of the team. But then I, I read that he leaves in the next issue, and it's like... Had enough of those space phantoms. Well, you know, what the hell? But then I, I also read that Captain America joins the team shortly thereafter. Before, yeah. Yeah. I think so, um, Kirby and Lee are like, well, if we're throwing everybody in, we still own this guy. Well, right. And I think he, you know, I, I think... In the movies, we've seen Iron Man and Cap both kind of like struggle with like who is the leader, is there a definite leader, does there need to be, and they've butt heads a lot. But I, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of interesting to see that he was put in early on as part of the team. Yeah. Um, and I guess going back to Endgame real quick, like he does the speech before they do the time travel thing, and then like. Rocket's like, yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah, he's good and at that. then, like, Ant Man's like, I know, right? <laughs> like, it's just like, it's a, you know, this is very stereotypical Steve Rogers, you know? Yeah. And, and it just, this is what he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of would have liked to see like more stories with Hulk being part of the Avengers. Well, he you know, does he comes back and he kind of goes in and out, you okay. know, as the years go on. But yeah, I mean, I think it was something where they wanted to kick off this thing, mm-hmm. but then also all the characters would eventually get their own books. They were all having their own adventures and. Right. individual books right and so they didn't necessarily need to have everybody there you know and then like a year or so on hawkeye gets introduced in you know tales of suspense okay. uh, and then eventually joins the team you've got the brotherhood of evil mutants characters you've got um wanda and pietro who are over in the x-men or whatever but right. then kind of come over here and join up and so yeah there was a lot of cross-pollination 
creating this Marvel universe. Right. It wasn't a situation where I am a reporter. I'm going to go see what's going on over in that World War II. Yeah. Oh, I guess Nazis are here. I'm the destroyer. Right. Do I have anything to do with anybody else or the Flaming Skull or whatever? We don't know. But this is they are building a universe now. Does without saying. Right. Is this a toyetic universe we're building? Like they're just going, hey, I want to see Iron Man fight the Hulk. Who would win? It's that hit your your action figures together thing. Right. Does Black Widow join the team in the comics at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Of course she does. Okay. She's the quintessential Avenger. She's like, uh, her and Hawkeye are like the two who have just always been Avengers. Well, and Captain America, I guess. Right. Like, you really can't have like an Avengers team without them. Widow, Hawkeye, or Cap. Were you disappointed when we first saw the MCU that uh, the Wasp and Ant-Man weren't there at the beginning? You got them in eventually. Yeah, I know. Plus, it's like one of those things where, you know, there are a million think pieces and headlines when Ant-Man came out. Ant-Man? A movie about Ant-Man? Well, yeah. Well, actually, they were more like, it's not Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. Well, right. But, you know, <laughs> I think we've proved, you know, especially with Endgame, that Every character can bring something to this. And even mm-hmm. if Ant-Man's not going to be biting somebody on the taint and making them scratch or something like that, you know, like his utility has basically been time travel and giant man now. Like it's well, not right. like a bunch of ants come in and swarm Thanos' troops and Endgame, although that might have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, we've forgotten about that at this point. Yeah. I want to see Hope get big. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. I'm assuming that she has that. They're just playing well. catch with Thanos. Yeah. Go long. Right. No. <laughs> Touchdown. So, yeah. Um, I mean, this is people have read this, but you should definitely go check it out. Uh, we actually read this in a Avengers Masterworks uh, trade paperback that you can think still get. I think it's still in print. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool. It combines a lot of things uh, like Avengers... Um, basically one through five it has uh you know interviews and like introductions from the creators and stuff like that it's uh, it's kind of neat so yeah. uh, pick that up on amazon if you're interested in the old timey avenger stuff before we go we had something that we prepared for last week and we didn't get around to let's hit it this week because we're already long uh what are your top five avengers moments and i think you prepared incorrectly for this yeah. and came up with your top five mcu moments yeah. so yours will be that mine will be top avengers. five avengers mcu moments okay what's your number five? Oh, so what i did is i just kind of put them in the order of the movies that sure. came out That's cool. so um my first one is uh the scene from the avengers when black widow does the chair escape yeah, okay. Sure. I, I really liked that a lot. Um, I think that tells you just about everything you need to know about her character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a it was a, a really great moment from her yeah. early, early on. A great introduction to the character. Yeah. Um, immediately establishing that, yeah, okay, she's a kicking and that's all she can really do. But it's she's the Batman. You right. Know? She's the, the mind, the strategist of the team. She's not what you think. You'd be a fool to underestimate her. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mine would probably be, or my number five would be um, Team Cap uh, just curb stomping uh, Corvus Glaive and uh, the girl Proxima Midnight in the train station. Oh, yeah. In Infinity War when we 
it seems like all's lost. They're going to kill Vision and kill Wanda. And then the train goes by and Cap comes out. And yep. then three people with no powers just kick the shit out of these yep. guys. <laughs> yep. That that actually was my pick later on. So Oh, whoops. Okay, well, we can just what, make we, a note we can when we share. get there. But yeah, I'm yeah. um, just going to show that. You know, at this point, and they don't make a big deal out of this, or at least it gets lost in the shuffle in Endgame, but this is the first time that Cap and Tony have seen each other in, like, years. Yeah. Uh, after the time yeah. jump, you know, many years. And so we forget that, like, these guys have been off doing their own thing while the other remnants of the Avengers have been doing, I guess, who knows what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. But um, they have not been idle. Their their clothes look like crap, but they're still right. kicking butt. It's <laughs> Can't he get a new suit? It's like 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 Widow's got ripped patches and her uh, cat suit or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Sam's got a new new duds, but Captain America's still wearing the old suit, but he tore the star off. <laughs> That's it's right. A man without a country. Yes. What's your number four? Um, my number four is a scene from Captain America: Winter Soldier when Cap fights a bunch of Hydra agents in an elevator. Yes. Um. Love that scene. Love it so much. Um, you know, he invites people to leave and nobody does. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also enjoyed in Endgame when they kind of um, did kind of an homage to that scene. Um, so that was kind of fun, too. Um, I just I, I love that film, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Uh, it's probably my, my favorite MCU film. And uh, I just really enjoy that scene because it just cap kicking butt so yeah and it's a great example of building using what you've got in the scene in the circumstances and using it to build things and so you've got sure a guy fighting 12 guys mm-hmm. in enclosed space is going to be tough but then they've got the they know he's strong so they've got the metal uh, magnetic cuffs and so they're trying to right. restrain him and so there becomes a war between i can't let them get this on but oh, now it is on. So how does that change what's going on? And then even in the aftermath, like he's beat them, but he's still stuck in this thing. So what does right. he do? He cuts the the lines or whatever of the thing. So the elevator drops. But then, yes. it, but the next floor is like there's more guys coming. So right. he's got to jump out of it. And right. Yeah, like, it's like this building. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. Um. And it, I I just think it was expertly done. Uh, my number four is. Um, it's not just this, but it is, of course, the iconic shot that always gets shown when they go. And somehow Marvel Studios brought these characters to the thing. And then it's like the pan around of the six of them. You yeah. Know, in the first Avengers the, film. Yeah. In, in the Grand Central, Central Station. Yes. But it's also <clears throat> the all the teamwork shots in the film. There's like long sequences where we see them working together and Iron Man's flying a guy up somewhere and we fly down and then he shoots Cap's shield and he blows things off and then Thor hits a thing and yeah. then we pan up to Hawkeye is shooting everybody out of the sky and Widow's kicking people and we just see like, oh, this is why couldn't Thor just do it all? <laughs> couldn't he just right. shoot everybody with lightning? Right. You know, we need like this team of heroes who has had to work together and use their talents, you know, for this purpose. Like mm-hmm. just that's yeah. That. There's yeah. also a kind of replication of that in Age of Ultron that doesn't work as well. I would agree with that. Because there's no stakes. Yeah. It starts at the beginning. Yeah. We don't know who any of these guys are except they're Hydra. They right. take them all out. Right. Big deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my next, number three? My next one is uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy uh, when Groot says, we are Groot and 
makes a cocoon surrounding everyone, softening their fall, and sacrificing himself. He turns into a big rattan ball from Pier 1. Yes! Yeah. That's a very excellent way of putting it. Yeah. Um, that scene like tends to make me cry every time I watch the film. It's just a really touching moment. It's another really great... This is a team, this is ragtag players that they didn't know each other necessarily at the beginning of the film, right. but they have grown and worked with each other. And this character has grown so much and cares so much about these other characters that he's willing to sacrifice himself so that they can live. Yeah. Um, no one talks to my friends like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Groot's a real clutch player. Yeah. Because he has yeah. like a lot of moments like that where he everybody's like freaking out and doesn't know what to do. And he's like, well, I'll do this. I know. And it usually involves sacrificing some part of my body. Right. <laughs> like when he helps make um, Thor's axe. Yeah. Like that's a really cool moment too. My number three is the party scene from Age of Ultron. People yes. don't like Age of Ultron. There are things maybe you could pull out of it. And I would say this is what Whedon is good at. You know, I just slagged off his opening of the film but i think just seeing the characters will never get a mansion they didn't decide to go that way mm-hmm. in this film but the they should because the mansion is like superhero big brother it's like a bunch of sure hot people showering together everybody's zooming somebody else like <laughs> that's the drama that's the other side of the avengers comic you know yeah. that has kept it going but yeah. in this we get to see them playing off of each other having fun they all get their little moments you get the fun thing where they're, you know, closing the party down and they're all playing with the hammer. And yes. like, that's just that's more character than the rest of the movie will really show. Yeah, and I think it's it's a it's a great moment too when everybody tries to live Mule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh for sure. Well, what about your number two? Uh my number two is uh from oh that first scene was from Captain America Winter Soldier. I think I said Civil War accidentally. Oh. The second one. But this one is from Captain America Civil War. Um, I really enjoy the car motorcycle slash foot chase scene through the tunnel. Um, we get to see a lot of characters, um, you know, kind of fighting each other. It's that it's again, the superheroes fighting each other, pitting it out. Um, you know, when some have decided to be on one side of the accords and some have decided to be on the other. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a really cool fight sequence. Yeah. I, I mean, really even leading it. back up into where they, we start in the apartment. That's and they're true. fighting yes. the, um, the German, uh, JSOC guys too. And that's a cool sequence as well. Yeah. Like the whole thing. And they found that really great expression translating from the comics to the screen of everybody using their own idiom, their own abilities you yes. know, to apply to the situation. And so you've got... You know, Falcon's f- flying around, you yes. know, he's following the motorcycle, but then Black Panther's jumping in between cars. And yes. Then, yeah. And Cap's just driving. I know. <laughs> but then you've got that great scene where they, uh, they've blown the thing up and they're about to leave the tunnel and like cars aren't going to be any more good at this point. So Cap just like, <laughs> I can't remember what he does, but he steers the car like sideways and then just leaves the car behind yeah like he just jumps he out and starts running out. and the car just kind of keeps flipping and it's like i'm done with car <laughs> yes exactly yeah um i i think that is one of my favorite scenes uh from that film um i yeah i really really enjoyed that um and i i think it's one of the first times we really get to see black panther and what he can do yeah uh so it was 
I don't know. It was a cool moment. Yep, it's cool. My number two is the Thor versus Hulk fight in Avengers 2012. Nice. Because like, and it mirrors Avengers 1 in 64, Mm -hmm. if you're going to have the Hulk, sure, later on you can do fun, smart Hulk. I refuse to call him Smoke. Um, (laughs) We'll get there. But in the meantime, this is a dangerous element. And since we can't really make any more films about Hulk, we've got to still show that he is the Hulk and it's a problem. And so, of course, your midpoint thing has to be the Hulk goes nuts and it causes a huge complication while Hydra's attacking us and the only person that we can really stop him is Thor and so we get a whole toe-to-toe thing you know to decide something that will continue to go undecided I guess who the strongest Avenger is right but we get to see them you know employ their various tactics on each other Um, one side is mainly just punching (laughs) (laughs) and we get some fun applications of like Oh, why don't you lift that hammer? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or him, we see him calling it to him, you know, from across the helicarrier. So it's right. Blasting through walls, I'd imagine. And what Hulk throws a plane wing at him. And yes. To, you know, yeah. Not a penguin. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, a plane wing. What's your number one? Uh, my number one is one you already mentioned, the Avengers Infinity War, uh, Cap Falcon and Black Widow entrance. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I just... I, I love that, um, like, the train goes by and you just kind of see the silhouette. And, um, and like you said, you know, they're unarmed. I mean, not unarmed. They're, they're Avengers that don't have, quote-unquote, superpowers. Mm. Um, and that's another thing I really enjoy about Captain America Winter Soldier is it's, like, all these Avengers that don't have superpowers and they're they're fighting this other guy who's like super strong but doesn't have superpowers either. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just uh, thought that was a really great moment. I agree. That's why I picked it. Mm-hmm. My number one is Cap lifting Milner. I love it. Enough said. Yes. Uh, it's just something that we had been waiting for for a long time. A lot of fans, you know, thought it was coming or hoped it was coming, and we got it. And so, well, what do you want? It was such a great moment. I saw that. I won't claim this. I saw it was a video or something I saw, which was, you know, we establish um, this movie is about Cap and Tony and I guess about Thor, too. Right. But about how, like you said, who's the real leader here? Who really embodies what we're trying to do? And in Avengers, we establish that Cap doesn't respect Tony because he thinks that he is not willing to sacrifice himself, you know, Mm -hmm. to commit to this. And we see that he does in Endgame. Yeah. And Tony thinks that Cap himself is, you know, only a superhero because of other people's efforts. People like his own father. Well, right. People who, you know, made him into the super soldier that he is. Right. And of course, in the end, Cap is able to lift the hammer, which has nothing to do with how strong he is. It has to do with how worthy he is as as a person and his yes. heart. And right. so they both sort of prove the other one wrong. I think that's a really good point, yeah. actually. And also, um, good around the house. Yeah. Peggy's got that honeydew list. <laughs> He's like, Steve, that door has got to be fixed. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Steve, now the walls need to be fixed. Yeah, because he brought Mjolnir back with him. Right. So, yeah. I like to see it in a Sorry, toolbox. Thor. Just picture it hanging out of a toolbox. Somewhere. I know, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder what Thor in Thor the Dark World thought was going on when Mjolnir just disappeared and like... <sighs> Hopefully he's got a watch on that hand that he's got stretched out. He's like, oh boy, this is... when is this thing going to get here? Did Loki do something? 
Well, we've I'm Avengers out. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, where do we go from here? I'm like, nowhere. Let's not go anywhere for a while. <laughs> uh, I love the Avengers, but we had definitely enough of them for now. And so next week we'll have to talk about something different. Yeah, uh, we've given it something of a drubbing, but I think it needs to have its fair shake. Mr. Frodo. Yeah. And that is uh, the movie Tolkien comes out next weekend. Yes. A biopic about the life of John Ronald Rule Tolkien. We're going to, sorry, Tolkien, I did it right there. No, no. Uh, we're going to give it a fair chance and we're going to pronounce it right. That's right. So we'll be seeing the movie Tolkien and coming back to talk about it. That's so right. So join us at the Inn of the Green Dragon <laughs> or the Prancing Pony for that. Right. Uh, and we'll be talking about that film. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on social medias, on Facebook and Twitter, and all those usual places. So come hang out with us and tell us what your favorite Avengers or MCU movie moments were. Yeah. I noticed none came from Ant-Man for you. So nope. maybe somebody's got an Ant-Man <laughs> moment that they want to share with us. That would be great. Uh, you can also find us on all the podcatching softwares, the Apple Podcasts and the Google Podcasts and the Stitchers and the Acasts. And um, gosh, there was another one that we were on the other day. Anyway, I can't we're remember. out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, find us. Subscribe to us because it's the best way to get the show. Give us a review. We'd appreciate it because we want to know what you think that we're uh, up to and all about Jack. And also give us a rating. Probably the most important thing that yes. you can give us because it lets those services know how good we're doing. We move up in the ranks and everybody gets what they want because mm -hmm. we can reach more people. So give us five Green, fleshy giants That's right. who are wearing clown grease paint makeup. For some reason. So clearly they are robots <laughs> that have been designed by the ringmaster right. of this circus, I guess. Right. Uh, it's totally fine. Uh-huh. If you saw a man juggle an elephant, you would go, I hope that person's a robot because if it's not, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> That's how logic works in the Marvel Universe, circa yes. 1963, and that's fine with me. But in the meantime, give us five stars. We'd appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. Tolkien coming up. That's right. I can't wait on next week's show, so join us then. Until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Mm -hmm.